We the bestest cast with the left twist. Not fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Huh. Yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox trying to get down White Sox Dave and Kenny Carkeet with you from the band as always is your boy Colin. Uh, lighting up another joint is our friend Mr. Kenny Carkeet. Kenny, how are you today, buddy? Honestly, man, this is the best day of my life. It's been fucking great. I love everything that's happened so far and I'm feeling good and I'm feeling great. And I got one of my best friends here. Best day of my life. We're going to get into that. Uh, down here in Chicago, we got Mr. Dave Williams. David, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing great. Huge week coming up for me personally and uh, for this show. Welcome, mm. Mr. Fishkin out of L.A. We got Mr. Mike Fishkin in the yeah, building. Cool. Hello, hello. What's up, guys? How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. No problem. For those of you who don't, who don't know, Mike, he hosts a show on IW Radio called Gone Fishkin. Mike, I've heard your name kicked around forever, and then when Kenny said we got to get him on, we brought you right on. So welcome, my man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Kenny's the boy. Uh, how do you guys know each other, dude? So uh, how do we know each other? It was probably 2016 or 2017. Uh, a very good friend of mine, Ashley Osborne, was working with fitness. And she was like, hey, come out to this free show they're playing in Hollywood. And I came out and I posted about them. Then we just started DMing back and forth. Next thing you know, they're at my studio. Then Kenny's signing the adoption papers. And now I'm his son. <laughs> It's the most beautiful thing ever. And what's crazy is Ashley Osborne at that time was shooting our little band fitness. Move on to today, Times Square Billboard. She shot the new 21 Pilots cover. She shot the last Selena Gomez cover. She's like the shit number one photographer, our mutual friend who linked us up. I fucking love Mike Fishkin so much. And so many album covers this year so far she's put out or she's taken that have come out, which is the so highest awesome in for demand her. photographer on earth. And she's like a 23 year old fucking phenom. It's amazing. Wonderkin is what yeah, we yeah, were calling yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? I kind of hate those people. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame what, you. Successful people it. at a young age. Yes, exactly. Fuck that. <laughs> I, th I think she's talent. from Chicago also. Actually. Oh, no shit. Yeah. She's definitely I from the Midwest. Like she might've lived in Chicago. She might be from somewhere I think else. Minnesota. So awesome. Philly yes. and Chicago are similar in the in the fact that you're one or two degrees separated from literally everybody else who's ever lived here. Facts. So I guarantee if we started name dropping people to each other, we'd have mutual friends or acquaintances of some way. If you give me five minutes with anybody from Philadelphia, I guarantee you we're related. For sure. In some capacity. Yeah, exactly. Is, dude. You know, and while we're still on the intro thing real quick, even though this is the longest intro of the world, just for the people <laughs> listening, Mike Fishkin, my man, Adobe Radio. You've never met a bigger supporter of music in your life. A guy who will go to everybody's show, will play everybody's music, will give everybody a fair shot. Everybody in this fucking city of LA loves Mike Fishkin. And we're so lucky to have you today, Mike. Oh man, I'm smiling ear to ear right now. I don't know if my microphone was blocking it or not at the time, but thank you so much. True story. I like when Kenny likes people, dude. It's nice. It's, it's rare. There's not, like there's it. not, it's, it is rare. And that's what I'm saying. The only people I'll bring on here are the real. The real oh, people real. and Mike is fucking real, man. And everybody, it's one of those things like LA is a huge city, but also kind of a tight knit community as mm. I'm sure it is in Chicago and Philly. And like, you know, we had, um, uh, who are we talking about? The Dwayne the other day, uh, Dwayne mm. Jackson, who we're trying to get on and like how everybody in the community loves him. It's the same with Mike. Like everybody knows 
the good ones. You know what I mean? Mike's one of those every, good ones. You need those people in the community that aren't lightning rods for controversy, just someone everybody likes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's go into speaking of people that everybody likes. Let's go into our interviews today. We have motherfucking Fitz from Fitz in the Tantrum stopping by for an amazing interview today. Literally an interview that Dave texted me after and said, I still have goosebumps. It's it's that good. It really is that good. I didn't know anything about the guy. I, I've, like, heard of the band, never got too into them, and a habit that I am... I'm glad that I've gotten into after we've interviewed people is that I'll immediately put them on, on Spotify as soon as the recording's done or like even in the inside conversations, like Kenny, uh, you were talking about um, Jackson. What's his hey, first yo, name? Dwayne, Dwayne Jackson. Dwayne yeah. Jackson. So we were talking about Dwayne Jackson um, a couple of days ago, like maybe five, six days ago and immediately through my, I'm like, dude, this guy's fucking awesome. And I love just stumbling upon musicians that I don't know about learning their backstory a little bit. This dude is fucking insane, man. He's mm. insane. And in like in a, in a in the best way possible. Like he's he's in his he's probably about 50, right? 50, 51. Fits. And like he grinded out for years talking about how his, he had to like beg his dad for money and shit. Um, just to keep the band afloat. And you like you appreciate those grinding stories, you know. A hundred percent. He's a grinder, yeah. bro. It, it was like can we always talk about the real people in music and life in general. And he, like when he was telling, like, now I'm selling out stadiums with my band and every single time we're performing, obviously it hasn't been in a minute because of the pandemic, but he's like, I take 20 seconds and just soak it all in because I wasn't here five, six, seven plus years ago. And I, I just like those stories, you know? Well, yeah. we got yeah. that. There's a lot of those stories today because the fit story is incredible. You have to stick around for that. Also, our pick of the week this week is a newcomer. His name is Denim. Uh, his solo record, Slum Beach Denny, just dropped. The most California motherfucker I've ever talked to in my entire life. And not to mention, this man is taking over Spotify playlisting, too. He's also just announced his second show at Red Rocks within the last two months. Kids going places. It's an amazing interview, and we play one of his songs at the end of the episode. So we're going to get into all of that. Uh, before we head into segments, we do have a new segment this week as well, which we've been promoting. It's called Call and Response. We have, for the first time, listeners on the podcast. So... The topic this week that we're going to get into after the Fitz interview is name a band that you hate that everyone else loves. There's some fucking phenomenal responses. We're going to get into that as well. But before we get into segments, real quick, let's go over music news for the week. It's a slow week. Last week, we had every festival announced. Mad records dropped. This week, all I have for you, the new 21 Pilots. Kenny, I know you posted about it. Great work, dude. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's, I give everything a, a fair shot, and I... um. I wasn't super pumped on their last record. I thought it was good as, yeah, as yeah, yeah. Tyler always does, but this record really seemed like he stepped out of the box, took it a little retro, took it a little bit old school, tried some new things, swung for the fences. And I love almost all of it. I think it's really cool and really new and, and neat. All produced at home by Tyler Joseph. Did you know that Stressed Out, their big song, mm -hmm. was the first song to hit Billboard number one in like 10 years with one writer on it, Tyler Joseph. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he, they've broken some barriers and broken some shit down, man. And I, and I know those guys personally, and they are also real and sweet and good humans and good at what they do. God damn, I did not know that about Stressed Out. 
Oh, yeah, shit. exactly. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Other than that, for me personally, I'm going to go into hip hop for a second. Currency and The Alchemist put their classic mixtape Covert Coup on to Spotify. So I've been running that. Shouts out to Freddie Gibbs for that verse on that record. Future came back. Talk about Steve Harvey. I don't know. It's been a weird week for hip hop. Uh, Fish, anything for you that you guys have been spinning that's new? Uh, Water Parks just dropped their record, Greatest Hits, 17 tracks and 17 tracks of heat, like everything from like the super duper pop influence to like Beastie Boys influence on it. Ooh. I was like, yo. Did you DJ that party, that release party I saw the other day? Yeah, I ended up DJing it and dude, it was so sick. The line was about five blocks long. Kids were so excited to go see Water Parks and well-deserved Austin, Jeff and Otto absolutely knocked it out of the park with this release. It's absolutely unreal. I met so, Austin so one time on boys. accident. He like came to my studio with his producer and I had no idea he was coming. And I was like, oh, that's the guy. I've seen you before. Super sweet kid. Loved him to death. Oh, it's awesome. one of the best. He's been one of my closest friends now uh, for probably six years since yeah. I moved out he here. He seems like he really likes to give it back to those who come up with him, like Dwayne and, and stuff like that. Oh, cool. yeah, 100%. I, I can't wait. I know uh, John, Waterparks photographer, got this dope picture of me, Austin, and Dwayne on Saturday. I'm so hyped to post that. Sick. Like, just the homies since, like, day one, it feels like. Gotta love it. Dance with the ones who brought you, dude. That's my that's my saying right there. Uh, other than that, the only thing that happened last night, another award show, another flop, in my opinion. The Billboard Music Awards were on. Dave, you didn't know about it till this morning, No, right? it, like... So the pandemic's winding down right now. You can actually go out and do things. Mm. But I feel like, like, all right, so four or five months ago, say, like prior to the vaccine distribution and everything, I feel like that is something that the entire country would have been tuned into because mm. there's nothing else to do. Facts. And I feel like a lot of, like, with, with both the Grammys and the Billboard Music Awards, they, they, haven't, they haven't pivoted themselves out of the pandemic. Is that, is that a because like, I, I didn't know they were on last night. I really I didn't know that. they were on. Dude, I don't know. Like, I watched I watched some of it, and it just felt so weird and plastic. And this is, once again, just something we've talked about a lot. The whole award show circuit is so fucking weird. I don't know. I hate it. It, it felt hey, weird. It felt, g- yeah, g- give, give me a fucking award based on somebody else's opinion of what I created. Who fucking cares? A, and B, it's like, I just pulled up the list here. And while I like the music, I don't want to get that wrong. While I like the music, it's like, of course, The Weeknd. Of course, BTS. Of course, Drake. Of course, Taylor Swift. You want to know why nobody fucking watches it? Because it's the same fucking show it's every fucking same year. It's the, it's the same, same fucking show. Like, dig a little fucking deeper. Fuck. And they all fucking accept their awards and act surprised. And act. it's like, dude, <laughs> come on, man. Oh, like, God, I can't believe this happened. I, dude, the, the, you I'm, have a fucking, you probably have a, a side house that is just like a storage unit for all these trophies and awards and shit at this point. It's like, come on. I'm not going to hate on other people's success. Congratulations no. to them. Oh, I actually know what I take that back. I will. I know. Fuck you. But here's, but here's the will. thing, though. Do you think that they at that high monetary level think that that's a success? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just the, the, the artists that I have talked to who have received awards for the most part are like, didn't do anything you know what i mean like it's like <laughs> whatever i'm more focused on touring and merch and making fucking money let's oh, go oh that's what they're know? all focused I, on right now good fish i personally think award shows are the most genius uh revenue cash grabs in the world mm. think about this 
you're literally gassing someone up. You're like, yo, you're artist of the year. Now you have to pay 400 bucks per trophy for everyone on your team to buy this award that we're it's deciding like to give to you. That's yeah. how they do plaques, dude. I was like, well, you know, when you start getting million plaques, platinum plaques and shit, they're like, all right, that'll be 1800 bucks. And you're like, wait, what the fucking fuck? what? You want to give me it's that like, shit? Don't, I earned Don't you know shit. how much Spotify pays out? <laughs> Nothing. Dude, I, 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 just real quick, while we're on the BBMAs, Kenny with the shit talking, right? Mm. AJR beat out my boys in all-time low. That's a big bummer for me anyway. And Glass Animals and 21 Pilots, which I don't understand. Then I saw AJR do that performance. Man, thank God he still has that hat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if it wasn't for that fucking hat, what would we do? How can somebody wear the same fucking hat for eight years i'm so confused they do they I'm don't do confused. anything for me nothing i i like them i think they're nice dudes and everything too like their their first songs like i'm not famous and i'm ready were smashes mm. and the sure. last time i saw them was they came into adobe they did um they did three songs which were really cool in our first office and then i saw them new year's that year a few months later and the last thing i remember ever saying to ajr was offering them a shot of maple flavored whiskey from a <laughs> bottle and them telling me that they weren't in college anymore. <laughs> oh, shit on your drink of choice. Yo, you're offering free shit. Just drink you it. You know what? I it, it, it was more so the pulling from the bottle versus pouring it like an adult, which I understand at this point. And it was very much warranted. I could give a little bit of credit where credit's due. <laughs> all my favorite things, that new Weezer song that's fucking all time so Beatlesque. How awesome was that song, by the way? That's a great song. I'm not gonna. They, both, they wrote it together. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I, I know he's got good songwriting. So I'm just, I'm bummed about the hat. Lose the fucking <laughs> hat. Let's fucking go. Well, let's leave the Billboard Music Awards in the background. I don't know. It just, I was just like, this is corny as fuck. It reminded me again about why I appreciate people who are famous and act like normal people. Like when we talked about Adam Sandler last last week, people love Adam Sandler because he's just a dude, and I think. Might need a little more just regular ass people in in the music industry but and uh, whatever and also uh all time low will take a shot out of a bottle with me so they deserve the award. that's why they're the dudes <laughs> they those uh, guys jack would be on my a... on my number one like forever just because of something like that jack has a refrigerator dedicated to rose only rose it is shit. It's, it's pretty so fucking dope tight. you've Hot never seen summer dude. you've never seen a better fuck palace in your life than his lava lamps <laughs> four post bed like all this shit fucking oh jack love it well we're gonna talk to him in a couple weeks so we'll ask him yeah, about true, the palace. true. <laughs> uh, let, let's go into on the list off the list i'll start this then kenny then dave then fish uh my on the list i don't know if you guys saw this but i have formed an alliance with michael mcdonald on instagram so Michael McDonald of Doobie Brothers fame and, of course, Yacht Rock, Yamo B there. Uh, he's an older gentleman. He's just recently learned that famous people will generally have copycat accounts on social media. So, you know, somebody makes a fake Michael McDonald account, like posts like fan pictures, whatever. He posted this long thing on social media that said, like, I would like everybody to know that these are imposters. I am the real Michael McDonald. Please do not associate with them. And I just commented on the post and said, Point them out, Michael. I will handle this. <laughs> got a bunch of fucking likes. I am now Michael McDonald's personal attack dog. Whoever wants to make a fake Michael McDonald on Instagram, come fucking see me and I will stop fucking it. Go through me, bro. Yamo be there, bro. So Michael McDonald, you're on my list, bro. Kenny, who's on your list? I got a, a kind of a generic one this week, but I was trying to think of, you know, like what was what really made me happy this week? And um I came to the conclusion that it was just dogs in general, my dogs, but like, all, but like all types of dogs, right? Like 
big dogs, little dogs, stinky dogs, floofy dogs, corn dogs, hot dogs, bounty fat dogs, dogs, skinny dogs, all those bounty dogs. dogs, all the dogs. Yeah, they're oh my god. See what I'm saying? Aww. Like dogs. Aww. Humans don't deserve them. I know it's generic, but my on the week dogs. Yeah, no, that's fine by me, dude. You can do that every week for all I care because it's a fact. God damn, Dave, who was on your guest list this week? So on the guest list for me this week is Pork Roll. Oh, Colin, tell the world about Pork let's Roll. Let's go! Pork Roll is one of God's greatest gifts to man. Now, Fish, are you an East Coast guy? Oh, yeah, from Long Island. So, so you, you know, know enough roll? about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Pork Roll is basically like if you took bologna and you just poured an entire container of Morton salt into it, and yeah. then you fried it, and it's fucking delicious in south jersey and philadelphia it is like the breakfast meat pork roll is that shit shouts out to taylor taylor pork roll the best good it's Dave. the best it's the michael jordan it's the goat it's wayne gretzky mike trout it's it's colin described it perfectly it doesn't sound appetizing whatsoever but so i was on the east coast uh two weeks back i brought a log home i got flagged by tsa because of it i'm like uh actually it's just 10 pounds of salted meat you uh, up i'm not trying to blow up the plane or anything so it's no one knows what it is in Chicago. No one knows what the fuck it is. And I'm, I try to describe it. And they're like, that sounds disgusting. I'm like, it is kind of disgusting, but it's the most flavorful thing you'll ever taste in your life. Well, no um, one knows what it is in Philadelphia either. We just eat it. It's but that's what it is. It's just all the remnants of a fucking pig. It's disgusting, but it tastes good. So who cares? But I brought it back with the sole intention of doing like a video around it. So people could understand what it is in Chicago. And um, I I finished it myself without a single <laughs> camera, no content, no nothing. So, yeah, no, well, whatever, dude. If you need me to, I'll send you one in the mail. Actually, I might take you up on that. You can order it online now, but it's it's fucking expensive because it's so dense. It's a dense log of salted meat. That's all it is. It's an amazing thing. It's basically like if you cut a slim jim in a circular and in, in like circular things and then fried it. It's fucking delicious. Uh, fish. Who's on your guest list this week? I'm gonna say Taco Bell. Talk about as yeah. a whole, because they just recently announced a naked chicken chalupa again, which is a fantastic menu item. But I need to bring up this point. Just stop discontinuing things. <laughs> then you don't yeah, have don't to bring them back. Away. Don't take away. Just add. Exactly. Like you got the menu space. Man, there's something about the consistency of Taco Bell. Like amongst all the fast food chains, it lets me down the least. Dude, oh, Taco, Bell, Taco Bell is always there for you when you're down. When you only got $12 in your bank account and you want to eat like a king, you go to Taco Bell. Taco Bell was there for you at your lowest moments. Don't ever the last, last time I was at Taco Bell, the guy's like, what sauces do you want? I go to shitload of hot sauce. He gave me my own plastic bag filled <laughs> to the brim of hot sauce. And that's what I'm talking about. It's not yours. Just give it to me. But the no, Taco Bell right off of Kenny's exit is actually one of the nicer Taco Bells I've ever been to. Is it a yeah, cantina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's not a cantina. Yeah, they sell booze there now. There's one directly across the street from me in Chicago, literally a hundred feet away. But I had an issue with Taco Bell. Oh, so you guys know, like growing up playing Little League, I don't know if you guys, I know Colin did, but um, you bring like the treats after the game, like it just shitty treats, like for little kids, like candy and a couple juice boxes or whatever. And that's what all the idiots like are looking forward to, other than playing the game. Hmm. Uh, when you're like eight, nine years old. So my parents brought. Uh, Taco Bell for the whole team after a game, you know, just hit up the dollar menu, probably spent 30 bucks total. I got so sick off it. I was puking blood vessels in both my eyes popped. That's how like hard I was projectile vomiting when I was eight, nine years old. I haven't touched Taco <laughs> Bell one time since it's a mental block. 
Uh, that's that's weird. I had that reaction after like 45 Trulies. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's a mental block. Like I cannot like it's kind of like the first time you touch booze when you're like 16 years old or yeah. whatever. And you don't know your limit and you puke and you can't touch that booze ever again the rest of your life because it's just in the back of your head. For Gold me, slugger. that's Smirnoff, it's Smirnoff uh, green apple. So I can't even eat like a green Jolly Rancher anymore because of the Ooh. taste. Um, Dude, same the, thing for Taco Bell. I tried to bong a bottle of uh, Captain Morgan on my 21st birthday. How'd that and, go? Uh, I n- I'll never, ever, ever. Uh, I wound up in my basement, my college house, playing drums to Beyonce. I don't, I don't remember that at all. But I thought a great I, night. It was a great. Wait, night Beyonce by- was there, or you were playing along with her song? <laughs> yeah, she was just chilling at some small liberal my, arts school in yeah. Eastern PA. Yeah, Beyonce was at Westchester <laughs> University, my grimy ass unfinished basement. No, somebody put Halo on, and I was just jamming out to it. So shout out, dude. All right, that's a good pick, Fish. Uh, my off the list is something we're gonna touch with denim later in this interview. California teenagers off my list. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw. Yeah, uh, but come on. No, it's 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 a whole thing. It's a barstool thing. Uh, Big Cat and them have a vendetta against California teenagers, and I'll explain. They're scary as fuck. That's I think it's a Huntington. Yeah. So uh, there was a real life Project X that happened this weekend, but it all developed from TikTok. Apparently, one kid posted that he was having a party at the beach in Huntington Huntington Valley or whatever the fuck it is. Huntington Beach. Yeah, yeah. Huntington Beach, whatever it is, and uh, like. 700 people showed up and they were jumping on cop cars and lighting off fireworks and shit. 150 people got arrested. California teenagers, if they wanted to, could take over the world in five minutes. But does that tell you anything other than like, that's a fucking party, son? Like, oh, I mean, man. everybody's talking about the Project X fucking correlation between it. And it's like, I love that movie, dude. It's so sick. It's like one little high school party ended up lighting fires to cars and getting crazy. And you're like, Bravo, man. That's fucking tight. All they needed to do was put like a Boston Red Sox jersey or a Chicago uh, Cubs jersey somewhere and just say it was a celebration for the World Series. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. delayed. it's, it's not delayed a party anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Now it's a it's parade. It's not a party. It's a celebration and a parade. All right, Fishkin, you got your brain working, dude. I like that. Kenny, who's off your list? Uh, off my list today, um, this may be a bit controversial, but the, uh, the end of COVID is off my list because... <laughs> I'm going to have to start going places again mm. and working from places and driving and commuting in LA traffic. So Dude. while I see all these emails coming in about like, yo, let's meet up here. Let's go there. I need you to be here. I need you to be there. Kind of like, God damn it. Fucking end of COVID's here. So you can't I'm use sorry. that as an excuse too much anymore. I remember yeah, I at know. the beginning of COVID, I was getting so stir crazy. So like everybody was obviously it's but that those first few weeks when you like didn't leave your apartment it sucked because not because you couldn't leave your apartment because not leaving your apartment is awesome but it was the fact that you were basically being told you can't do anything you didn't have the option to go and hang out with people and then once the pandemic like you know wore on and dragged on you got way used to it it's like uh when red and andy dufresne are talking in in shawshank and and the the old dude gets released from prison and he wants to come back and he's like, dude, he's institutionalized. This is all he knows. All I know anymore is just staying inside and being a fat ass watching TV. <laughs> and I grew to love it. I realize it's awesome. I don't need to see anybody else. I don't want to talk to anybody. Look, I'm seeing and talking to you guys right now. And this is torture. This is torture. <laughs> like dealing with you guys is torture. Dealing yeah, with anybody's torture. Davis and so I could not agree more. Like I almost want there to be another 
pandemic like i'm not ready for it to be over yet <laughs> oh my Just give god give me one you, more year that's all i need how do you know when how do you know when the good times are before they're over you know what i mean dave's kind of dealing with that right now i wish we uh, were knew we were in back in the day back in the day <laughs> dude kenny i got three show offers in my email the other day and literally my first thought was like yeah, dude, exactly. I got somebody yeah, getting like, mad ah. at me right now. Literally, I got like kind of a harshly worded email today because he's like, "Hey, I, we, I heard you wanted to do a show, or you're thinking about doing a show, or whatever." And I was like, "No, not really." He's like, "Really, man?" You know, I'm like, "No, kind of not." You know what I mean? And like, I shot a video yesterday for a new single that I'm doing, uh, and everybody's like, "So, are you thinking about playing? Are you thinking about playing out?" And I'm like, "If I have to, <laughs> I guess." You know? Yes. Yes. Like, Jesus, man. All right, Dave. Who's off your list? Um, I'm really hoping fish can help me out here. So you're from long Island. I'm hoping that yep. you're a fan of the Mets. Ooh, I am a Mets fan. Okay, good. Because I fucking hate Yankees fans. They are the worst people on the fucking planet. And I am not kidding. When I say that they are worse than Al Qaeda, more than Padres fans. <laughs> so many people with Derek Jeter and Aaron judge like profile pictures on Twitter telling me to kill myself in my DMS right now. Jeez. And, and I, I'm not like afraid. I don't care. Like I'm getting a little bit of death threats. I think it's kind of awesome actually, but I fucking hate that fan base. I hate them so much. I want them to nuke Yankee stadium until it fucking glows. If you're not like getting me. a little bit of death threats, I, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. Exactly. That fan base hate them. Can, can we save the chicken and waffle slider stand? That place is pretty fire behind home plate. So I was there for the first time, like two weeks ago, the food was very, very good. It's really good food. Yankees. It's really good food. It's really good food. <laughs> Dave's going to go. Their fans suck so much. Like, mm. I remember, well, maybe I was a little shithead kid at 11 years old going to the Boston Yankees game with a Boston jersey on and a Boston hat, and someone threw ketchup at me. Like, oh, I was yeah, a little I'm bit sure, of a bigger yeah. kid, but, like, still, it's like, you don't throw ketchup at an 11-year-old. Fish, this applies to you, bro. Uh, when I was a kid, Mike Piazza was my favorite baseball player because he was Ooh, from Phil. Same. He's from Philadelphia, so he's from Norristown. He's from right outside of Philly. So I had a Mets jersey and a Phillies hat, and we went to a Mets Phillies game at the Vet. Now, if you guys know the Vet, the Vet had a jail inside of it because it was so fucking unruly. They do at Sox Park too. So uh, I go there, and in the first inning, a beer comes hurling at me. I'm a, I'm a ten year old kid, and my parents didn't even say shit. They knew this was going to happen. They did not, like, they were like, yeah, you fucking deserve it, bro. Like, ten grown men, two rows behind me the entire game were like, fuck you, you little piece of shit. Fuck you, Mets. <laughs> Don't make me like them. Bro, Man, that's Philadelphia. <laughs> that happened to me while DJing for playing the Jonas Brothers. Someone's like, fuck you, dude, and threw a fucking Stella at my head. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, just, fish. just because, wait, hold on. There's got to be more of that story real quick. He wanted like, to hear house music, and I was like, "I play the Jonas Brothers in my oh, house, okay. therefore and it's house music." I he, he didn't. He didn't like your musical choice. That's. I mean, I think that's fair. I think I got headbutted. I got headbutted at a concert one time when I was like eleven, and that's Florida trash people. So I think everybody <laughs> everywhere's got their trash. What was it? Yeah. The, was it a POD concert? I did. I, it must have been something like a POD was, or a that seven was the dust or like something like that. POD. That was like. Uh, the live song, right? I'm still. I had alive. I had a funny night with Pod at the end of a festival somewhere. We were staying in the same hotel, which usually when festivals happen, a lot of the bands are staying in the same hotel, so the lobby turns into quite the party. Mm. And they thought I was Mexican, 
because I'm brown. <laughs> and they were like, my essay this and my essay that. And he's like, he's one of us, yo, and all this shit. And I didn't have the heart to tell them that I, that I was Asian and not, <laughs> not Mexican. <laughs> because stolen they thought valor. I was so cool. They were like, it is stolen valor, oh, actually. Stolen anyway, valor. That's, my, that's my POD story. The Jeez. worst that I ever got. Um, did you guys ever get into wrestling, like WWF wrestling? Yeah. Early on when I was a kid. I, I never did. I could see Colin being like in love with that shit. But uh, I never. Who's It's Shawn Michaels, right? That has the gift that he's getting just beer poured all over him. And he's just yeah, embracing yeah, 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 yeah. it. About four years ago, I was at a Cubs White Sox game at Wrigley in the bleachers. And at this point, Barstool and, and my White Sox, Dave, whatever uh, personality had already been growing for a few years. And the White Sox just beat the absolute shit out of them. And I was getting beer poured on me. People were spitting at me saying, fuck you. And I'm just sitting there like douse me in all the beer. Every last ounce of it. Embrace and, the villain role, bro. You got to. Yeah, yeah, you just got to yeah. embrace it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fuck Yankees fans. Uh, Fish, who's <laughs> off your guest list? Off my guest list this week are California dispensaries. Specifically Ooh. Los Angeles ones. Okay. Explain okay. Because- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> So I went to go get a pack of pre-rolls yesterday on my Sunday in which I was going to smoke them and go to a very nice happy hour at a bar where appetizers are half off, strongly anticipating I was giving local business a lot more had I not gotten these pre-rolls before going out to this happy hour. And I go there and it's not like the good old days you like grab something and you get rung up. Now they have someone in the back packaging everything, putting it in a bag and a bag pops out with your name on it took 20 minutes to get these pre-rolls it's like were you grinding them and like putting them (laughs) together yourself like growing them like what are you doing and then they were 29 dollars before tax 41 when getting wrung out yeah what yeah oh yeah yeah can i say a little bit of insight to that because i'm with you fish so much of that is fucking california regulations they make it so I'm starting my farm, right? So I've been digging deep into this. They make it so that everything, everything, literally digging, everything has to be prepackaged from the distributor, from the farm. So the stores are now, it used to be you walk in, you open a jar, you smell it. You're like, yeah, I'll take an eighth of that. And then they use little chopsticks and they put it on the thing, right? And like, that's your nugs. Now it's like all prepackaged, sealed in Mylar bags, childproof this. And then there's a 19% excise tax the 9% state tax, and then another like 13% regulatory tax. So you buy a $35 eighth and it's $57. And you're like, what the fuck? No wonder the black market's still thriving, you fucking idiots. Well, yeah, I guess that's the yeah. the, the price you pay for legal weed, I guess. They're well, just, the it's thing so is, regulated. like Nevada, if you have a Nevada ID, you don't get taxed. Mm. It's like they don't have yeah. a tax break for local Los Angeles residents, where I do assume that if someone comes to Los Angeles as a tourist, probably the second place they go after in and out and get disappointed is a dispensary (laughs) to get happy again. Right. That's exactly it. Well, damn, we're getting into tax regulation. That's a good off the list. I appreciate that. So that's on the list, off the list. Uh, Let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to before we get into our Fitz interview. Uh, I'll start it out. Uh, I went with Roots and Wings, the new Wallflower single. Uh, I love Jacob Dylan. I love the Wallflowers. Kenny's looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. Anyway, the whole well, record was... I, no, I, I, well, you started, I was like, that's a fucking name drop. I thought they were like, not one-hit wonders, but basically one-hit wonders. One-headlight wonders? Yeah, oh. one-headlight, and then uh, they had the other song. What was Sixth it? Sixth Avenue Heartache. Uh, yeah, Sixth I, Avenue I, Heartache. I love that record, Bringing Down the Horse. I love that record. 
I just have a, I like Jacob Dylan. He, I, I just do. Uh, but the whole new record was produced by Butch Walker, and it, it sounds great. Uh, so I went with Roots and Wings by the Wallflowers. Also, it's Bob Dylan's 80th birthday, so I thought I'd give a shout-out to his, his Happy kin. birthday, Bobby D. But uh, I also think it's funny because he just hates that association. I have friends who have, like, played with them, and if you bring up Bob Dylan, he'll literally just leave the room. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you guys. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't heard great things about Jacob Dylan. <laughs> well, I have, a good, I have a good Jacob Dylan story I'll save. I have a buddy of mine who, who toured with them for a while, and he has some really good Jacob Dylan stories, so I'll save that for later. But uh, Roots and Wings by the Wallflowers on their comeback album, that's my pick of the week. Uh, go ahead, Kenny. What the fuck have you been listening to? You know me, man. Always taking it back. Today, my uh, listening uh, is uh, Crowded House, Don't Dream It's Over. I mean, is there a better, more beautiful, fucking incredible song that has modulations and tempo changes and like the crate? Like, it's just such an, and and it's one of those songs that you forget you love. And then it comes on and you're like, Mm. I forgot that I love every single piece of this song and have for 25 years, you know? Anyways, that's my listening. First off, you really love that song because I thought it looked like you were coming while you were talking about that. I've covered that song. Like it's that song means a lot to. It's just such a good fucking song. I don't know. I love cool and not even that song. All of Crowded House, really, mm. but that one in particular. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to? So, two answers here. Uh, for I go down to in a, a deep Zeppelin rabbit hole. I know that's like mm. such an easy cliche answer, but um, I had a ton of like Aaron's bullshit to run this morning. I had Zeppelin on, but. Uh, I wanted to ask Kenny about this. So um, I have this, it's called my running playlist. Ha ha ha. I exercise not to brag. Um, <laughs> so 21 pilots. So I got lane boy. That was the last song that I had on Spotify. This it's morning. a great song. Um, great song. Won't you stay I want, in so your you said, lane boy, boy, lane boy. Um, Do we what we want to. It's so good. I lost my train of thought. so i want to ask you this you said that uh two albums ago you're like oh it was good like it didn't like hit me is it hard when when anybody has an album as good as blurry face like for you guys i'm asking you guys as musical experts um to not compare their their following records to that awesome album man because it it, is for me because like i'm always like oh it's like with weezer i thought that uh okay human was fucking awesome. I was comparing it to the blue album and the white album. And I was like, it might be as good as those. Probably not blue, but it, it, it's up there. Every like every other band for me, it's always difficult to not compare it to their best album because it's just, you know, a hundred percent. I mean, that's it's it's funny you say that because that's just kind of the nature of the beast and what's going to yeah, happen. But at sure. the same time, as difficult as it is for you to remove the albums from one another, it's almost more difficult for the artists. And I only speak from experience, like after sale, you know, our first single being the biggest single, it's like, even if we had a number one alternative hit after that, it was a failure. Even if you had a a top 100 and it landed 76, it's a failure because of what that bar set for that first time. And it's hard because everybody's like, what's your next sale? What's your next blurry face? What's your next this? And you're like, I'm not making another that. I'm, I want to make something different. So it's a weird situation. It's a good question because it's a weird psychological a great situation. Yeah. Mm. Great answer, too. I, I'd never put myself in like the artist shoes like that because I'm sure it's just like that. Like, and that's you're why they devi- to outdo yourself. And that's why they deviate. And people are like, oh, you fucking sold out or whatever, like we were talking about last week or, or before the fits thing or with the fits, actually, when it's like they just want to make something different because they already made that. They don't want to make that point too blurry face too, fucking whatever it is, too, you know? Right. 
Dave, what's your pick? <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> Zeppelin. I, I mean, I was, I had, uh, I had Zeppelin on all morning, but then I put on this running playlist, which is just a hodgepodge of everything, and including a lot of Twenty One Pilots. And uh, that was, I'm, I'm typically, I'm just gonna go with what I listened to last because it's mm. technically what I'm currently listening to, and it was Lane Boy by Twenty One Pilots. Blurfist. There we go. I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, but it's Zeppelin on, season now that the weather's nice. I've been on a big Zeppelin kick as well. I love acoustic Zeppelin. Go Zeppelin three and just let that's, that. That's that's I was. I'm specifically talking about. Uh, hey hey, what can you do? Is maybe Lit. my favorite Zeppelin song. It's just straight Jimmy on a Jimmy on acoustic guitar. I Everybody hate Greta Van that Fleet. Album. Me too. I fucking hate Greta Van Fleet. Thank you. I fucking oh hate God. them so goddamn much with your goddamn Indian sleeveless vest. Fuck fuck you. And Fish is going to be like, yeah, so what I've been listening to is uh, Greta Van Fleet. I've been really on the new record. So, Fish, what have you been listening to? All right, so I'm going to pull a Dave and uh, pick two because just how haven't you been listening to Levitating by Dua Lipa? I've so listened good. to that song oh, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. 150 to 200 times. No joke. It's cool that she lost to Taylor Swift last night at the Billboard Music Awards. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Dude, like her, her, pro- her production team is fucking incredible. Whoever yeah, did those things. Bro, and she's so fucking oh, yeah. good. She's so oh. fucking good. Like, I just love whoever did the production for her record is just, I don't know who. It was probably Max Martin or fucking like Ricky Reed or something like that. I don't know who it was, but it was it was somebody in that vein. But continue. So we got Levitating by Dua Lipa and Baby. Oh, no, no. Just the Dua Lipa version. Because in my opinion, the Baby version, it sounds like Miami era Will Smith, which I don't have a problem with. <laughs> just was not what I wanted on the remix. Understood. <laughs> Understood. I actually like that comparison. Yes. My wife loves Miami era Will Smith, by the way. <laughs> oh, so do I. Just not mixed with Dua Lipa. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, got the nostalgia it. factor, at least. Yeah, that is true. But um, for, for my pick, I would say Young Rising Suns last week on a Friday. It's off their uh, new album, Swirl. They just dropped last month. This band is so good. Like New York City, indie rock. And mm. I think they're going to have a huge year. They've been around for back. a minute, right? Yeah. So they they started, I think, in 2013, 2014. They I think I played single... shows with them in New York, I think. Yes. They had that yeah, big yeah. single high back in the day. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And this song, Last Week on a Friday, like reminds me a lot of like the way Bruce has a storytelling in songs mixed with just rock and roll and the Lower East Side and everything I love about the New York nightlife and the indie rock scene that was there uh, before I moved. And Andy's voice is so good. It's just such a huge chorus. And it kind of brings me to like fall wearing a hoodie with a girl I might like at the time for the night, if not longer, maybe on a Friday. Who knows? That's actually beautiful. That's a really good explanation, dude. Goddamn. Fish came ready to play today, bro. I like this. That might be because he's a radio DJ. I was going to say, this must be really easy for him. This is what he does. Uh, so, all right. So that was what the fuck we've been listening to. Let's go into our interview with Fitz. Once again, stick around. This is an amazing, amazing, amazing interview. Uh, then we're going to come out, do call and response for the first time. And then we're going to go into our pick of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, you may know him from Fitz and the Tantrums or his new solo album, Head Up High, which just dropped. We got Fitz on the podcast today. Fitz, thank you so much for being here today, man. What's up, guys? My pleasure. Very happy to have you here, man. We always like to start out with a statement right away. I just want to say, you've recently done Kimmel, you did Good Morning America, you did Ellen DeGeneres Show, and your new single was the theme of WrestleMania. I just want to say, we're sorry you had to go through all the low-level media outlets to get to us, so... Sometimes you just gotta slog to get to the to get to the mountaintop. Yeah, it's it's real, bit. 
<laughs> you're at the mountaintop, bro. First off, man, uh, new album's great. How's how's the reaction been thus far? It's been awesome, you know. I mean, we were on Fits in the Tantrums. We were on tour as everything was happening, uh, unfolding. And then our tour got cut short the last few days. All got sent home. All of our three following tours all got canceled. And uh, I was just at home like everybody else, losing my mind. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll try and write a song on Zoom with some friends. This is weird. And then just kind of kept plowing through it and ended up making this record. And, you know, this record is really filled with just, I feel like a lot of mantras and a lot of messages that myself, my wife, our three kids and our friends all kind of needed to to hear at different points of this long haul 14 15 months of pandemic um so it's really cool to finally have it out in the world and see uh see it touching people in the way that i was hoping it would so it's been really cool dude that's almost like you accidentally made an album that's awesome (laughs) i totally you know i was just like cranking just hiding this is my studio uh in my garage next to the house and i would just half the time come in here to hide from my friggin kids um and just do something to keep myself sane and before i knew it i had enough songs where i was like wait is this a solo record i think it is i mean the first thing i was going to ask you actually was was this something that got created before quarantine or was this a product of quarantine and now having that knowledge songs like head up high as a mantra is kind of like perfect for the moment man yeah i mean there's a lot of songs on there head up high obviously um you know there's uh there's a song called Congratulations on the album. And I had to perform for Good Morning America. Is it Good Morning America? Yeah, I think it was Good Morning America. <laughs> From my backyard at like 4.30 in the morning last year and perform for all the graduating class of 2020. And first of all, just performing in your backyard you know, for New York time zone, praying that my neighbors don't call the cops before we finish (laughs) singing the song. But just before I performed, they had me up on a screen and then I was talking to all these thousands of kids that had all logged in to celebrate their graduation and they were all just in their Zoom little windows. And I was like, man, what if I just spent four years busting my ass (laughs) in college to, to be, you know, cum laude and this is this is the send-off i get this is this is my graduation or i just busted butt senior year of high school and this is my graduation so i just literally wrote a song called congratulations and one of the lines is like if you're not gonna say it to me i'm gonna say it to myself congratulations and there's so many songs like house party so literally i would make a song here during the day eat dinner with the kids, play them the song. We would all dance our butts off to kind of keep from going stir crazy. So there was another song called House Party, you know, and it's like the songs are all not directly, but indirectly are addressing all these different moments of what we all had to experience as a family in pandemic. It sounds like it's so honest. Do you know what I mean? Which is Mm. like that, which is the most beautiful thing to me is that like these songs were born out of an honest experience of what was happening in your life in that time. It wasn't, you're like, if I write a song about this, that'll be kind of cool. It was, this is what's happening now. That's really cool, man. Well, you know, and there's another song on the record called somebody sometimes. And it's basically like, 
the lyric is everybody needs somebody sometimes because for us you know it's my wife and our three kids you know I get a thousand kisses from my kids a day. I get hug, I get love, I get affection. And then I had a few friends that were single mm. and sat through like four or five months being completely by themselves. And, people and, I, think by themselves? My, and I think I would have lost my mind and just, we would check in FaceTime with some friends. And after a couple months, I could really tell, I mean, it was like, it was hard on people. So there was another song, you know, just talking about everybody needs that human connection, you know? So where would you put this album up, like on the pantheon of everything you've done throughout your musical journey? Like, cause this, like, this is something that every single person on the planet can feel and resonate with. And, and I'm like, as I'm doing research, like I'm reading, like you're, you had an old ex-girlfriend give you a piano uh years ago and you're like that's like the most important song i've ever written i bought it off for 50 bucks got delivered to my house that day like that was my song does does everything that you've written because of what's going on in the world in the last year like does that jump over that or is it like how do you how do you figure all that you know i mean you know anybody that makes music is sort of like you work your butt off to make a record and then you maybe never listen to it again and you're kind of always pumped on the latest thing that you're you're working on because that's where we live and being creative and making stuff. But, you know, there's so many different songs on all of the Fits and the Tensions records that I'm proud of, but I'm definitely really proud of, of this record, how it kept me sane, what it meant to me. I mean, it just has a, a real emotional place for me you know fits in the tangent we've been together already for 12 years this was the longest i ever have spent at home in 12 years it was a world's record after one month <laughs> you know my wife and i is like we've never spent this much time together you know my kids you know have gotten to see me every morning and every night for 15 months i wasn't even here for the birth of our third kid we were in korea doing uh doing shows and he came early and all of a sudden i'm facetiming there's my wife like i just gave birth to our son and i was just sobbing because i was like i'm sorry i'm not there flew home spent six days with him and then left for a six-week tour so honestly i didn't even know that little fucker <laughs> damn that's so heavy that's heavy you know? that's heavy as fuck well here's my other question are they sick of you yet are they ready for you to go back out on the road and are you uh, sick of them <laughs> I mean, we've definitely, I mean, we've been through every phrase, you know, I mean, with three, I mean, we got three boys, mm, seven, seven, four, and two, you know, it's like, it's a that's, right that's fist fight central right yeah. there, bro. It, oh, oh, I mean, it's just like so wild. They're so aggressive with each other, <laughs> pouncing, wrestling, screaming, you know, I mean, there's some days that my wife and I were losing our friggin' minds, but Overall, it's been amazing. I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm actually going out next weekend for a first four day run, five day run. And then uh, and then June 25th, I'm out all summer. Are you How's playing that? tonight? Is that Ventura thing tonight? Yeah, I'm playing tonight in Ventura. Like I saw that. I was talking to Jack from All Time Low and he was like, yeah, we got that show tonight. I'm like, oh, wait, that's Fitz too, I think. It's cool, man. Yeah. Have fun. How's that feel? Because you guys are such a live band. You're such a tour-heavy band. Like, mm -hmm. the, 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 is, is the excitement back? Or is there a bit of nerves right now because you haven't done it in so long? 
I don't know. You know, it's hard to tell. I've gotten really comfortable being home. Mm. Yeah. For a guy that's that's by nature a homebody and then had this band that had this moment and then I left for, for tour for 12 years. It's been really nice to have that consistency and to be home. I don't know. I'm out of shape. <laughs> I'm, I'm a homebody now. You know, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm excited to get out there. I'm not excited to get it. I mean, it's the whole thing, you know, like, and I'm going to be out there all summer. So once I'm out there, it's like, I got to get into it. Get out there. <laughs> You're not nervous about the performance. You're nervous about transitioning back to being yeah, out on the, the road, change. sleeping Everybody on two mattresses, change. rolling every night. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the performing part, after a couple of shows, I'll get my cardio back up. Exactly. Well, I think for me, like the 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 thing I've been feeling is it's not actually playing the shows. It's everything else that goes along with touring that I'm feeling anxious about. It's being away from home. It's 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 the the crowd work. But it's more once you get on stage, it's totally good. But it's it's everything that goes along with the touring that to me I'm feeling weird about. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's a twenty four hour a day job. You know, it's not like I uh, I get to perform and come home every night it's like 24 hours a day you're sleeping like crap on a bus you wake up trying to find a place to take a dump and get a cup of, halfway decent cup of coffee Major and for me you know that's also like then they the there's a car waiting and we get in it and we go visit two two radio stations sometimes three we do three mini performances come back do a news interview sleep for a half hour do the show, get off stage, get in my bunk bed, start watching uh, whatever Netflix series I'm watching, and then drive to the next series. And it's full friggin' on, you know? It's it not, is such a full-time job, man. It's uh, a 24-hour-a-day it job when you're on the road because you're, you're also just trying to survive it, you know? And there's a rule, as some of you or may or may not know, but you're on the road with everybody, and everyone's there sort of kind of supporting each other but it's also like yo keep your shit tight keep mm. your shit to yourself mm. nobody can fully fall apart because we're all kind of collectively moving towards this destination so people can strag and you can lift them back up but nobody's allowed to fully break down lean on anybody too much you're kind of just you yourself and everyone else is there trying to do the same so it's a, a little bit of like every man for himself kind of just survive these four weeks or whatever the length of the tour is man. And, and so you guys are getting back out on the road. I've seen the tour announcements. That's amazing. Um, but as far, as far as the new record, I did have a question about kind of the, the process of recording it and the influence behind it. Yeah, yeah. Because when, when you look back at early fits, like 2010 fits, you guys are working with a lot of really throwback sounds. You did the I think about snare tones. When I think about that first fits record, I thought it's, it's very stacks, very Motown, very, very classic. What we're working with on the new record is much more modern pop vein with the production that goes along with it. Was that a conscious decision or have you just kind of moved that way without even realizing you were doing it? Well, I mean, that first record was fully uh, Motown influence, but it was actually more like uh, Motown influence, but through the lens of all those British invasion bands of the 80s that tried to cop Motown. Mm. So it's actually two layers removed from that plus some chopped up old school hip-hop break beats and stuff like that so it wasn't obviously a pure thing but you know the second record that had out of my league and more than just a dream the two number one alternative hits and stuff like that that was way more 80s new wave influence and 
I never forget. I was just ch- tired after that first record. Everyone's saying like retro soul, retro oh, soul. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, we do other things, and there's other influences here, and you're not even picking up on all the things. And I didn't want to get pigeonholed into that being the only thing we did. Like how somehow we had to just make an Amy Winehouse record every time. Yeah. I, I was just not into that. So the next record, I definitely pushed the envelope of what we were doing, which was a lot of 80s influence. The record came out and did really well. And people were like, oh, they just jumped on the 80s bandwagon. And I'm like, please, motherfucker. I'm like, I'm <laughs> old enough that that shit is my musical center. Oh. I'm not some millennial copying 80s. I actually live the 80s. <laughs> That's liter- that is literally my biggest musical influence of all time, you know, Ooh. is the 80s. So it wasn't a stretch for me. And then the third record, you know, we we went even poppier and had a, a big hit with hand clap and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then last, And then the last record, we kind of, tried to do things a little differently you know i mean they're all kind of different but i'm definitely not into just staying static you know always want to try and mix it up i mean me and kenny me kenny and dave talked about that last week though and it's about artists that keep advancing and people always want to be be stuck on everybody's first record and say oh well they fucking sold out or they did this and they did that Fuck off. how do you how do you not understand that artists need to fucking stretch their legs and try different things yeah i mean but th- there's always because the funny thing was that when we released the second record, there was all these people that were like, oh, man, what happened to the soul influence? Where'd it go? You sold out, blah, 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 blah. Then we had the second record, which was actually way more successful and way bigger than the first one because we had two number ones off of it. You know, I mean, Out of My League spent the longest course chart history to get to number one. It was 52 weeks. Jesus. It's awesome. That's like, and so then when we made the third record with hand clap again, oh man, I wish they made an album like more than just a dream with like, with, uh, out of my league and stuff. They totally sold out now. I was just like, okay, (laughs) we can't win. You can't win. I'm like, I'm ignoring this from now on. I'm gonna just do me. At a certain point, you got to kind of relish it. Cause if they're going to do it for every record, you got to see how far you can take them. Yeah, what's next? Are you going to put out like a rap album, hip hop? <laughs> totally. Featuring like Nas or someone, Snoop Dogg. Like reggae Tim. Yeah. <laughs> reggae Tim. Oh my God. We can get Daddy Yankee involved with a Fitz album. I, I would be down for that. <laughs> Let's go. Who is someone you haven't collaborated with yet that you would want to collaborate with on that, on that note? Hmm. Oh. Shit, Lizzo. I don't know somebody. Like, somebody with some spice. Wild. I'm not talking about that would make so much sense. It actually does make sense too. God damn! The funny thing is, I put you on the spot on that one. That was not a prepped question. He he went right off the top. That was beautiful, man. Uh, so we're we were going back through your history when we were doing research for this, and I did not personally know this. I love the band. I've loved the band for a while now, but I didn't know you worked as an engineer for a long time before you wound up becoming a musician. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I shit. I spent most of my 20s busting ass having no less than four or five bands over the course of those 10 years couldn't get arrested in music couldn't get anyone to even listen to my demo finally wrote a song that was pretty much a ripoff of like an a lincoln park song (laughs) but it was a hit it was like you heard it it was a one listener it was the first one listen song i'd ever written 
And that was the first time that this guy was like, hey, I'll manage you. And before we even had four songs written, he had gotten us into a bidding war or like a, a, every label was chasing us. So cut to us, we did like 10 private showcases at SIR. 10 guys sitting on couches watching us perform one after the other. They were like, nope, he's too old. Nope, Ooh. he's too old. Nope, he's too old. And I was 29. Jesus Christ. God damn it. <laughs> hey, you're fucked, Colin. <laughs> oh, man. And, Jesus and I just sort of like at that point, uh, it was after 10 years of pounding the payment. I felt so heartbroken. I was like, you know what? I need to take a break from this being my sole focus. I got to expand the spectrum of what I'm willing to do and not do. So I had this friend, Mickey P, who had produced like Midnight Vultures album for Beck and a bunch of stuff. And I had known him from way back in the day. So I would just call him once a week and say, hey, can I come work for you or hang out in your studio while you're producing? He'd say, ah, oh, call me next week. And I literally called him for a year straight. And finally on the 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 year mark almost to the day of calling him one more time he was like all right fine come over just please stop calling me <laughs> and i came over to his house and he had a session and i sat down at his pro tools rig and he didn't know that i was just like or rather <laughs> just shredding uh you know because i've been on that system forever and he looked over and he's like oh you can stay and I ended up working for him for a few years, working on other people's records. And then him and I actually started a company that did music for commercials and movies and TVs like that and stuff like that. Basically, they came to us when they wanted music that sounded like it could be from a record, but they didn't want to pay somebody $200,000 for their song. You know, So they'd be like, we need something that sounds cool and legit. And so I did that for a bunch of years. And then the stock market crashed mm. and I'd written the first couple fits in the tantrums record. And I'd sent it to like all my harshest critics, like Justin Warfield from she wants revenge and stuff. And, and he heard it and he wrote me back and he was like, this is your thing. This is your thing. And we played like five shows at the hotel cafe. And all of a sudden Maroon five is like, you want to come out on tour with us? We're like, uh, and I knew, I knew, I knew you, what like ten plus years of rejection felt like. Um, so it definitely felt like something was shifting in the universe. So it's like Maroon Five wants to go. We're like, oh my god, high fives are around. And then we're like, wait, that shit's gonna cost us twenty five grand. To oh even, yeah. To even keep up with those tour buses, to to give everyone a little bit of spending money and pay for the sprinter van and food for us and some hotel rooms it's like 25 g's legit and luckily i had made some money from from my company that pretty much had just been rendered obsolete in one day when the stock market crashed because nobody was spending money making commercials for almost a year mm. and i had the savings from that and i said all right well i know that something feels different about this i can tell by everyone's reaction to the music we're getting these opportunities. So I rolled the dice and basically I floated the band for two years, Wow, you know, and those guys got paid next to nothing. I got paid nothing. Zero. <laughs> Zero. They at least made a little bit of money. 
you know, like a hundred bucks a show or something like that. I made nothing for two years and we got to South by Southwest playing. We're on the short list. Every A&R there, we play. As soon as it's second song, they all start to leave. And my heart is just sinking, just drowning. Cause I'm like, not this again. I was like, I'm out of money. And these guys can't keep making barely any money. I'm literally on stage. I'm like, when we get back to LA in two days from now, that's the end. We're going to have to call it quits on the band and going to have to go back to writing jingles or whatever. And we had one last show and that was for Danger Bird Records, which used to have like Silver Sun pickups and stuff. And we weren't signed to them, but they repped, uh, repped us for like placements for like mm. film and TV and stuff like that. And they had one last show at Melo, Melo Johnny's bike shop in Austin. And it was seven bands on the bill uh six of them all signed to danger bird and us wow and we got on stage and we blew everyone else away times 10. because also at the early days of fits in the tantrums we were doing a full church of music thing like mm. come clap your hands jump up and down sway to the left with a sway to the right you you over there you're not dancing get the fuck <laughs> up until I, by accident, one time called out a guy in a wheelchair, and then I stopped doing that. But that's a side story. I did go apologize to him, and he was very gracious about it. Um, so we play that show, and we blow the doors out of everyone else, and they're, everyone's freaking out. And everyone, after we performed, came up to the president of this label and was asking him about us. And we were the one band that wasn't signed to his label. And his wife came up and goes, you'd be an idiot not to sign them. I didn't know anything about this. We got back on uh, on our flight back to LA. I was just like depressed and thinking that's the end. I got home and two hours after I got home, I got a call from the guy saying, hey, can we have coffee tomorrow? And then they offered us a deal like a week later. And then the rest is history. Dude, that is awesome so story. fucking beautiful, man. And that's the big thing about this podcast. We love to talk about the process. And as soon as your name got floated our way, I was like, I need to know about how this happened. And that's such a fucking beautiful story. That feeling of being on stage for people in suits and they're walking away. I know that feeling. That shit sucks. And it's funny when you bring this up because Kenny had talked about his kind of early journey with AWOL and everything and saying, like, we didn't even have a clubs playing (laughs) strip clubs for for fucking uh, what are they? The Russian mafia and a showcase. Yeah. (laughs) But no, man, it's it's the things people don't know and and the stories behind it. And then and you wind up making all these number ones, dude. It's got to feel so fucking gratifying to know you were right all along. Yeah, I mean, there's still some days, you know, I, the funny thing is when we first got it, it was like having some success after so many years of rejection was exciting. And then I just got into this really bad habit of being like, cool. All I wanted my whole entire life was a record deal. I got that. Now, I want an indie, uh, I want a major record label. Uh, I got that. And then I was like, now I want a number one hit. Then I got that. Then it's like, yeah, but now I want to sell a million records and not that like combined streams and sales bullshit. I was like, I I want like the, the legit platinum record. Yeah. Got that. Still unsatisfied. And I noticed that I was spending all of the first five, six years of the band always looking forward, planting a pole, getting there, not feeling good, setting a further distance, you know, and always chasing. 
you know, and as stupid as uh, and silly as the adage is, it's not the destination, it's the journey. It's like, I kept coming up against that time and time again, I'd set the goal, I'd get there, I wouldn't feel any more satisfied or fulfilled. I would just move it further along until finally there was not much place to move it further down. I mean, it's like, what else? Okay, more success. Uh, uh, you know, we've done every TV show. I've done almost every single festival there is to do. We've had number one hits. We've sold. It's like, when is enough enough? And so kind of at that five, six year mark, I sort of tried to turn my perspective around. And and now every night on stage, I take at least 20 seconds, which is not a lot. And hard for me to even find that amount of time to stand still because we're usually I'm belting the whole time and singing and running and just going crazy is I take 20 seconds every show to just stand still, look out, take a deep breath and like absorb the moment because 10, you know, 15 years ago, I would have sold my firstborn to get one tenth of what this band has had <laughs> and how quickly you forget that shit. And, you know, just really try and focus on the gratitude of it all. You know I mean? We've been a band for 13 years now. We've made four records. I got to make a solo record. They just picked up the next option for the next record. We're already starting to write songs for that. I'm going on tour this summer. It's like, that's uh, when I watch any sort of TV show and I hear so many one hit wonder bands mm. and I'm like, holy shit, somehow we've been able to eke out a 13 year career. It's like there, there's nothing to complain about and this shit is not going to last forever. There will be come a time when like, that's the end of the road. You know, what a what a crazy, awesome journey and better to have at least spent part of the time enjoying it instead of just always wanting more. Pressing, yeah. Now, is there a part of you that wants to go back and like shove that platinum record in any of those haters faces from <laughs> 2008 when you guys oh. were first starting up? Like, oh, there's got to be some petty, right? Because I love petty. <laughs> oh, I mean, look. You can name names, too, on this podcast. Oh, but let, let's put it back. this way. When when I had that band where it was like we got a bidding war happening and 10 private showcases, that was still at the height, still at a pretty big point in the label. It wasn't total collapse yet. And all those guys that said no, then my band blew up years later. And then I would see them invariably like in L.A. or at a club. Give them a little head nod. And I, and I wouldn't say anything, but I'd just be like, yeah, you fucked up. Oh, oh you always, knew, oh, you always knew, did you? Oh yeah. After yeah. that, there's a there's a funny like internal in the industry vibe that goes around where you'll find out what labels passed on what bands. You're like, did you hear they passed on Twenty One Pilots? Do you hear they passed on so and so? And they're like, oh, they must be killing themselves. Dude, we always have conversations about the petty side because Dave is the petty king. Dave loves. I love petty. He but loves I, I'm petty. a sucker for apologies too. Like they'd be like, you know what, I fucked up. I'd be like, ah, we're boys. You know, let's, let's <laughs> suck it up. I, I mean, look, I had a couple of people that this was. Uh, you know, I grew up in LA, so I'm I'm used to douchiness. But mm. <laughs> you know, there was a, the number of people that wouldn't give me the time of day or even the respect of a conversation or a hello. All of a sudden, up in my grill, wanting to talk to me. I, I was pleasant, but I was like, I, I remember who you were. This guy was always nice to me. He didn't sign me or anything, but he was always at least civil to me. Mm. And so when he comes up and says, I'm so happy for you, I fucking believe him. I, I, you, you're just an opportunist. You know? Yeah. So, 
So I, and I never really got that petty. I just had my quiet moments of victory watching this guy that said no to me that a year later lost his job at Maverick and now is kissing, trying to kiss my ass. See, I, mean, I, love, I love even some some people in the olden days of AWOL Nations management. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, oh, oh, don't I know these stories, my friend? <laughs> we, the, Burko, we have... the Burkos of the world. Oh, my Although God. Burko was always nice to me. So I, I don't. Dude, I, I remember know. one time Burko sending Klein had sent who I don't know if he still manages you, but he did yeah. at one point. So he did at one point. Klein had sent Burko hand clap. Burko sent me an Aaron hand clap and when Aaron and I went surfing he's like, yo, I got this new fit single, this new song. Klein's claiming it's the one, all this stuff. Let's take a listen to it. We listened to the whole thing. And at the end we were both like, God damn it. It's really fuck. And I, and like, because there's you know, a bit of a competition. We were coming yeah. up a lot at the same time. Fitz and oh, yeah. There's, you're just kind of like, fuck, that's really good. What are we going to do? Kind of I love, I love didn't, that didn't we feeling. Do the, didn't we do the L Ray together? We did that. You headlined. We did the L Ray together and I was wearing a stupid fucking suit for no... <laughs> we also did um, the L Ray. That was in LA. We did a Kansas City show, I remember. The Midland, I think is what it's called. Yeah. One of the best shows I've ever been a part of. Just the way the show was, the vibe, the city, you guys, us. Like, There's just a, some, a really special night in that one that I remember. Yeah, and you know, I always kept in touch with Aaron, and then you know, of course, you know, you're you're stoked for your friends when you write a song, and you're also incredibly jealous. You're also like, God fucking damn it, man, bro! How it's many times? How many times have we had conversations where I said like, I have guests on, and I'm like, fuck you for that song because I wish I wrote it. Like that, that's right. a for as a songwriter, that's a normal feeling to have. It's more of like a, it's a compliment than it it's is a compliment for sure. Yeah, it's a hundred percent a compliment. How did I not think of that? Fuck, mm. <laughs> you know? Yep, absolutely. Well, Fitz, uh, one question as far as like moving towards the end of the interview, I want to know, like, you have such an eclectic taste in music. What are you interested in today? Like, what artists are you listening to now that you're pulling inspiration from or you're just have on repeat? Well, you know, I mean, when you make music for a living, it sort of becomes a love hate relationship. I mean, for almost a whole decade, I didn't even own a home stereo. Really? No, because I make music all day on the road. I have my tinnitus is like through the roof. I'm just driving I'm silence. like all day long, you know, and I make music in my studio. I go out of the, the studio. I don't want to listen to anything anymore. Your ears are muscles yep. like anything else. And when there's a lot of noise, your muscle, your ears have to work to process. So it's a muscle. So it's basically like somebody asking you like on your time off to still be lifting weights, you know, it's like, you don't want, but this pandemic, you know, is just like needed to, to sort of have the space to enjoy music again. And the two people that I flipped for this whole entire pa uh, pandemic were Remy Wolf, mm. uh, whose whole catalog, her and this and her partner in crime, Jared, just their music is so good. And then Bakar. I don't know Bakar, but I'm gonna check that out. E-A-K-A-R. He had one song this this past pandemic on alternative radio, but you should just put his, his whole playlist. He's a UK guy that that does like post-punk rap, Ooh. retro soul, black guy from the UK. So it's like, I don't know, he's got really cool uk sort of uh influences yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and he has a song that you, if you watch the NFL, they used all last year, that's total retro soul. And then he has this song called first time, which Kenny just as a producer, go listen to it because there's literally four fucking elements in the whole thing. And it slaps like a motherfucker. God damn it. <laughs> uh, and then he has a song called Dracula, which make sure to check that one out because it is so like post punky, like, ug. so that guy you could just put on, but those two albums I say were the our biggest, my wife and I's biggest influence of like just on repeat the whole pandemic and had a moment of really enjoying music as a listener again for the first time in a long time. I feel like I had that moment too where I was fucking bored with everything and I was just fried before the pandemic and then I fell back in love with the actual like journey of finding new music because I yeah. know Kenny's a big 100%. guy who looked. Kenny looks for music constantly. Kenny con- always wants to hear what it is and that he can disappointed for the most part. For the most, most of the time part. disappointed. But that's why uh, to what Fitz was saying, that's why surfing means so much to me. Cause it's the one place where I don't listen to anything. There's nothing. Yep. There's just quiet out there and a drive in silence. You know, you leave the studio after 12 hours. I don't even put on a fucking podcast. It's just quiet. Just, just shh, you know, yeah. I'm a sports talk radio guy. I don't listen to music in the car. I just listen to sports talk radio. It's where I cl- like clear my system of all the music shit. There's that thing too when you leave the studio. And I want nothing to do with music for the next f- as long as I can before I get back into the studio. Hundred percent. You fucking fry yourself out that way. I man. try to tell my wife it's like doing math all day. She's like, yes. "No, it's not. You smoke weed and make rap beats." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, it's like doing math all day." <laughs> you can fucking smoke weed and, and do math, dude. I'm pretty sure that's like a help. Uh, Fitz, dude, honestly, this is this has been amazing, man, and and I, I'm really excited to see what you have going on. Uh, where or when does the tour start? When does the long tour start? Uh, starts at the end of June, like June 25th, and I don't even know where it's going. <laughs> Wherever it is, that's out, where right? it'll be. No, I think it's my. It's all like southeast and and midwest. I feel like and that's kind of where it has to be right now because of like the 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 what are they like the laws and shit like hiding, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then the and then August, I think it's all like northwest on down. I don't know something. <laughs> Groundhog have a, day. Have a blast, man! Enjoy every moment Seriously, of getting bro. back out there. That's awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for a great time and and hang, dude. Everybody, go check out the new solo album from Fitz. Run back through the Fitz and the Tantrum catalog. Go see him when he's on tour. Fitz, thank you so much for being here, brother. Thanks, guys. Yeah, have thanks, a good one. Fitz. All right, so that was our interview with our friend Fitz. Dude, seriously, just what a good guy. Amazing story. Go check out the new solo album. Go see Fitz and the Tantrums when they're on tour. Kenny, thank you for making that happen, bro. He's a great guy. Absolutely, man. He's delivered exactly what I knew he would, which is just pure honesty and sweetness and good human being qualities and hard worker and doesn't take no for an answer and just all the things you want to see in a successful person, you know? And he is successful, man. You can't deny that. But just a a great story on the come up. So thank you to Fitz. Go check out the new album. All right. So for the first time, we are going to go into our new segment. It's called Call and Response. So basically, we set up a hotline that people can call in and leave their takes on a certain topic each week. This week, like we said, the topic was name a band that you hate that everyone else loves. We got a lot of great responses. We picked the top five, and I threw an extra one in there as well. Let's start it out. Kenny, go with the first one. Hey, Colin, Foxtrot, what's up, Authority? I just want to say, a band I hate that everyone seems to love is ACDC. You only like ACDC if you're in the middle of your midlife crisis. You only like ACDC if you're over 35 and you still drink light beer. 
You only like ACDC if you've been divorced for six months and you miss your kids. <laughs> ACDC sucks. Thanks, guys. All right. Ah! Thanks, <laughs> thanks wow. guys. Wow. Yeah. That's right, awesome. Listen. I said this before we started, but I have T-shirts for, like, all these goddamn bands that we're talking about. I love ACDC. I can understand if you were to say, like, every song sounds the same, because it does. It does, yeah. I love ACDC. There's thing. There's like I I love and I hate ACDC. Do I ever want to hear them again? No. Are they sonically some of the best sounding rock and roll records in history? Absolutely. Is Angus a fucking madman? Absolutely. Do I respect them? A hundred percent. Is this guy right? Yes. Yeah. Probably. Mid thirties, <laughs> drinking light beer. Mid thirties, about to get divorced. Like yeah, he, he's right. Yo, big time shout out to Artie. I want Artie to be a regular caller. That guy's a fucking madman. That's the way we we're gonna start that out. I like that a lot. All right, can he go with the next call? Here we go. All right, a band that I hate that everybody else seems to like is the Dave Matthews Band. Um. Their music is just fucking garbage. Um, but it's ironic too because they're all like really super good. They're, uh, they're all like really fucking good musicians. But holy shit, they fucking blow. They don't they don't write good songs. And fucking they're from uh, they're from Virginia, my state. But um, yeah, just fucking just songs that go nowhere. Um, <laughs> extremely overrated. Um, good musicians, but uh, fucking yeah, the quality of their music is garbage, in my opinion. <laughs> Look, I can't even argue. With, I'm wearing a Dave Matthews Band T-shirt right now. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen, I bought this for ten dollars in a parking lot like 14 years ago, so don't even talk shit. What I was gonna say was the one thing I do agree with is. Their songs do go nowhere most of the time. I cannot argue with that. That's a fucking fact. There's not a thing that I like about Dave Matthews. Not a single fucking thing. Like, because, let's see, growing up in Florida, I went to a private Catholic school for a bunch of years, and it would be like the fucking rich white kid whose daddy's a doctor who comes in with his new Beamer and across the entire top of his windshield, it fucking has a vinyl sticker that says, Dave Matthews band? Are you fucking kidding me? They're as just a, fucking goddamn. It's like Birkenstocks. I do not yeah, I don't take that lightly as a poor white kid from Northeast Philadelphia. If you're I, white and you wear Birkenstocks or fedoras <laughs> or fucking like vests under jackets over long sleeve button ups, like fuck you and Dave Matthews too. Uh, Fish and Dave, what's your opinion on uh, on on Dave Matthews band? I, I love Dave Matthews. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, fucking white guy, piece of yeah, shit. white people yeah. in Chicago. <laughs> see, it's a rite of passage. To like get your driver's license, pack the fucking minivan full of your boys, and drive up to Alpine Valley, and go see a Dave Matthews concert with uh, the, well, there. And was it Chicago where he dumped the shit in all the, the river? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's You're like, like I love cheap, him, man. He's great. That's the cheap, opinions? easy joke. That he got like the shit suit out of him for that for like a couple hundred grand or some shit. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, I I love Dave Matthews, but is what that guy said wrong? No. He does kind of right, suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fish, you're. I, I I think "Crash Into Me" is one of the most beautiful songs out there, but it there really is no climax to it. Now that I think about it, and I also coincidentally enough, every time that he would play New York City, 
uh, Madison Square Garden, I would be going into the garden and there was just so much congestion. And I would say as fans, reek of like Axe and really shitty light beer. <laughs> yeah. Also yeah. white things. Yeah. Yes, white things. Uh, we're getting back to the end of this. That it's, it's all just white people. Fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Goddamn white. Like, they're always ruining all the good stuff. <laughs> all right, Kenny, hit the next one. Here we go. What's up on the guest list, guys? Uh, here to uh, drop a little knowledge. Uh, one artist that I hate that everybody else loves is fucking Drake. He is so god-awful that I don't even really know where to begin. This guy is so corny, and I don't care that everybody thinks he's the greatest rapper in the world now. It's all fucking watered-down, mushy shit, because rap hasn't been the same since the fucking 90s and the early 2000s, and I don't care if I sound like an old man yelling at cloud. This dude is the corniest thing that's ever happened in the rap game. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> Started from the bottom. The bottom of what, dude? Your in-ground fucking pool at your parents' house in Canada? Your fucking loving, still-together parents? You know? Fucking Degrassi? Did you start from the bottom of your fucking wheelchair on your dumb show? This guy is fucking brutally bad. He's the corniest thing that's ever happened in the music industry. And I just don't know why people love him. It's 2021. It's the easiest thing in the world to make a fucking catchy beat. So don't give me all that bullshit. He's a bubblegum rapper and he stinks. <laughs> that guy fucking nailed it. That guy love took the him. words out of my mouth. I think Drake fucking stinks. Love he it. stinks. His music fucking blows. He's corny. He's fake. We're talking about real people all the time on this podcast. He was on the fucking Disney Channel as a kid. He was, he was on, on the fucking Disney Channel. He was on Degrassi. It was Canadian, dude. He was a Canadian guy. Dude, fuck him. Fuck Look, Drake. I Drake was the I artist of the decade. We can't deny that. He was the artist of the fucking decade. Like, you can't hit I can him. deny a few he things. He can suck here. my ball. So, set. of the 9,000 songs he's dropped, I do love three of them, right? Kind of thing. <laughs> but when you're mentored or brought up by Wayne mm. and you fucking sound exactly like Wayne, fuck off, man, a little bit. You know what I mean? Fish, how do you feel about Drake? Uh, whenever I don't know what to play while DJing, I put on Drake. Can't go Always wrong works, there. huh? Yeah. Can't whenever I don't know sure what to listen to in the car, I put on Third Eye Blind. Very Fair also up. great. Don't tell that to Max Collins, please. Don't tell that to Max Collins. <laughs> I hope when we have Matthew Coma on next week that he's wearing a shirt with Stephen Jenkins' phone number on it. I bet uh, he will. I hope that. so. <laughs> That'd be uh, so I, good. I just want to say, so far, I think I'm learning that I'm basic as fuck because I love all three of these artists thus far. So <laughs> uh, let's keep moving. Kenny, what's the next one? Here we go. The question is, what artist do you hate that everyone else loves? And my answer to that question is Kanye. Kanye West. I think he has good songs. Um, I really don't understand the extreme hype when it comes to him as an overall all artist. Do I think he has moments of greatness? Yes. But he's a below average guy. He's an average artist. And that's just how I feel. I don't get the hype. Here's the thing. I don't like how nice she was about it. <laughs> if, you, if you don't like yeah. somebody, you got if she's like, okay, I get that he's kind of good and all this kind of different shit, you know, but I don't really like him. Like, if you don't like Conway, it's all God, Conway. Kanye himself. Let me tell you something. I know that voice. That is an unbelievable musician. Her name is Brianna Judge. She's an amazing singer and songwriter. I picked it out right away. Um, 
She's wrong. Kanye's not an average artist. Kanye's a fucking genius. Stop uh, calling him that. Stop calling he's him. A he's a genius. He's a genius. But if you want to say that he's a uh, below average dude, I'm not going to argue with you. Like, same. He has a lot same. Of yeah. yeah. Humanity. Like, like as a general human being. Yeah. Definitely below average. But so I'm a guy that fucking people. hates most things. I think he's a fucking genius, man. I really do. He's the, he's the pinnacle of bad press is good press. That's Any press fact. is good press. Like that dude, if you think half of that shit wasn't on purpose, you know what I mean? He's a I don't know, dude. He's just, he's such a weirdo. Uh, college dropouts, like maybe the album of my high school years, but out of ah, judging somebody off their he's first a Chicago record. Guy. He's yeah, a well, Chicago guy. Look, I, I, I don't know. Uh, this is an 808s and heartbreaks. Love I, I think he's the world, like, his, his best songs are like in like objectively incredible songs, but I don't know. Kanye can fuck off. You if I never heard gonna... Kanye again, like I don't give a shit. Here's the thing about Kanye for me and why I respect him as an artist, because every time I listen to a new record of Kanye, the first two times through, I think it's a piece of trash. Mm. Then it gets me. And then it grows on me. And by listen 15, I'm like, this is fucking rad. And I feel like it's because I don't understand what he's doing at first. And it he's tricked you into thinking listen. that way. No. That's not he's what he's doing. He's he's yes. Fish, how do you feel about Kanye? Uh, I really like his early stuff, but he lost me at Jesus. I went to the Jesus tour you, only because absolute punk.net had to give away tickets for the Nassau Coliseum date. That cesspool of hate, speaking of artists we hate, Absolute Punk was just a breeding ground of hating bands. Mm. But I, I found a lot of good bands on it, uh, regardless. I couldn't Usually, agree more with that, though. Yeah, but um, the Uses tour, the tour setup, like, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I don't so consider I. myself, I don't consider myself religious by any means. It was the most sacrilegious thing I've ever seen in my life. There was like, a Jesus had, on stage. Yeah, like, no, it was Kanye in a Libre mask the whole time, but odds of him being on stage the whole time, if I was him, I wouldn't be. Like, I would have body double with a Libre mask. <laughs> and then, like, that fucking Pride Rock or whatever he had in the middle of it. Oh, the, the mountain in the background that opened up and shit? Pride Rock. It was like, yo, come on, son. Just play fucking Gold Digger. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like we don't need this theatrical event. Like if I, I could go, I could go like an hour and a half away to Broadway if I wanted this. See, he tricked me because I love that shit. I wore a Yeezus shirt on the podcast like two weeks ago. Uh, I'm, a, I'm definitely like in the cult of Kanye West. Like I, I fully admit that's that. what it is. I, cult he is a genius though. He is a genius marketer. Wearing, I mean, listen, going on stage and doing a gospel performance at like the garden while wearing a lucha libre mask. Don't make me like him, dude. Like that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Oh my god, Kenny, hit hit the next one. Here we go. Bob Seger blows. That's it. That's all. <laughs> that's Hang it. on. Let's see if we missed anything. Let's do this one more time. Bob Seger blows. Yeah, no, that's Who hates it. Bob Seger like that. Everybody Dude, loves Bob Seger, man. Some people have such strong convictions. Like, it's making me think, like, have I been wrong my entire life? Like, she's just like, Bob Seger blows. Does Bob <laughs> Seger blow? Yeah, but my wife thinks like Nirvana sucks. You know what I mean? We fight about it all the time. So, like. Dissenting opinion is important because if everybody liked the same thing, Nobody likes anything. What could be the point, dude? But I mean. Uh, the great Taylor Swift said in her song, August, I believe. Or no, Cardigan, a friend of all is a friend of none. Uh, Isn't she Taylor so Swift. fucking smart? So, yeah, I hate Taylor <laughs> Swift, so this is like a perfect example. She's so fucking uh, deep, bro. 
Um, I will say I love Bob Seger. I the first love song Bob I ever learned how to play on the guitar was a Bob Seger song. So this is one I definitely disagree with, but I respect the conviction. Uh, so I like Bob Seger. I got to say, so far, this has just been fucking spectacular. I'm very happy with the reactions thus far. Uh, that was the five that we picked. We're going to go over winner, but there was one bonus one in there I wanted to throw in. Kenny, hit this one. Here comes the bonus. Hi, I just wanted to, to let you know what band I that I that I don't like and, and that everybody likes. Um, Fox trotting to get down. <laughs> Bunch of posers. Hippie posers. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> you be posers uh, what the fuck i'm not a hippie you are wearing a tie-dye no, shirt well that is yeah, true that's really not a good look for me i gotta be no good. that's that's tough right there that's a tough scene fuck man uh, that's pretty good bonus though yeah well i'm sure every week we'll either get by the way i do want to say there was a couple other ones i wanted to bring up uh one was sublime which ended with the phrase by the way fuck you dave so that was in there uh, there, I assume there's going to be a lot of fuck Dave's and fuck Collins and fuck Kenny's in there. Over, over I the hope so. Time. God, I hope so. Um, the other one was Taylor could, uh, Swift. Someone, uh, could someone fuck fish? I've been very lonely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fish, <laughs> you're next. Fish. Uh, Taylor Swift was another one in there. Uh, and then I got two different ones with you 2 And m- the main reason was that you 2 because of the free album, the one that Dave brought up. It, it, they just, I can't like, stand it, dude. Whenever my phone automatically connects to Bluetooth, and I pull up iTunes, it automatically starts playing that stupid fucking beat, and it'll be stuck in my head for hours or days. I used to like you two. I hate them because of that, even though it is like good marketing, maybe blah blah blah. It's like it's like I I love and respect YouTube music because fuck, there's some of the best songs ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the idea of you two that I fucking hate more than anything. It's Bono. It's 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 like it's Bono. Some- well, it's Bono and the Edge and most of them. Like, don't you give yourself the nickname. You can't nickname yourself, loser. <laughs> oh, cool. You play, Did he do that? Play, dude, yeah. he plays clean guitar with delay. Oh my god, he's a fucking virtuoso. Like, I don't know, man. It's like whatever. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, that god. makes me hate him that much more if he actually nicknamed himself. Well, yeah, it's quick, like. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Real quick, let's go over if you guys had picks for this because I I had one. Mine's weird and mine is mine doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't like the cars. Cars are fine. I think That's they're perfectly up. rated. That's though. pretty fucked up. It makes actually. no sense for me as a human being. I love good pop songwriting. I should love the cars. The cars have some of the best pop rock songs of all time. I don't know if it's the fucking image of the band or if it's Rick Ocasek's voice. I don't know what it is, but the cars just bother me and I don't know why. So that's my, that's my pick. Candy, did you have one? Yeah, I wrote one down, um, which is kind of weird. Cause I don't know that everybody hates them, but I do see them get a lot of shit. Um, Alien Ant Farm, dude. What? When was the last time you went deep on AAA, dude? Or AAA? There, there's so many good fucking songs on these records. They had like the tragic bus accident, which put members in the hospital, which kind of split up the band, and so they ended on like you know an unfortunate note. But then you go back and you watch like the video for movies, mm. or the video for fucking their cover of Smooth Criminal, and you're like, these well, are now. So these this are- is a so this is a band that you love that everyone else hates is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we did have a voicemail from a guy named Billy Mack who brought up it was the opposite of what the question was. It's who do you love that everyone else hates? And he well, he brought up um, Cannibal Corpse. It's like a death metal band. I don't like metal, yeah. but I do agree in the fact that I have bands that I like that people don't like. And for me, like, I guess where I'm from, I like country music. We've brought this up before. So, like, I guess any, yeah, it's like, fucked up. I know it's fucked up 100 percent. Dave, what, what's your pick? I mean, I've, I've I've blogged about this years ago. I think that. I think in in the 
the word I use to describe people are lemmings. Do you guys know what lemmings are? Yeah, yeah. the old, the old the computer leader. game. <laughs> they follow the leader and they jump off the cliff and they'll do just whatever the rest of the group is doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why Nickelback is so like they people talk about them like they are fucking like like Nazis. Yeah, like, like a, a terrorist worst, organization. Exactly. Kind of are and, though. <laughs> I, I don't think they're that great, but they got a few fine songs that are like, oh, there's Nickelback. Like they're holding the picture of the photograph and like this afternoon's like a fine Friday. I'm going to get shit for song. You, how could you hate a band that went from a beautiful song like Photograph to their next single being something in your mouth? <laughs> Dude, the if you literal high school football, is, you took the field to animals. Yeah, I was going to say animals. Listen, bro, literal- if you're wearing bell-bottom denims, a white wife-beater tank top, nine bracelets, two sweat guards, and fucking like... like that means you're fucking... Know, that means you're fucking... I'm not man. saying he's not fucking. I guarantee Chad Kroger is fucking. Isn't he fucking Avril Lavigne now these he's days? Married he's married like Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, I mean, uh, listen. They're divorced now. Oh, I was going to say, talk about a worse fucking group of people on Earth than <laughs> Chad Kroger and Avril Lavigne. I wonder if they made music together. Oh, I, I'm a huge Avril fan for the record. Oh, skater <laughs> boy! I used Fish, to you're just a little skater. You're just a little skater boy, aren't you, Fish? One of the fir- actually the first punk rock, I would say punk rock show. I'm using quotes because it was really a concert, but it was Nassau Coliseum. It was Avril Lavigne, Simple Plan, and Gob when I was in fifth grade. Jesus, <laughs> Simple Planning. I wonder what, what the wardrobe looked like in that place that day. I personally wore a shady 45 shirt because I thought I was cool as shit wearing an Eminem shirt to a uh, yeah. Avril Lavigne show. I feel like there was like a lot of random assorted like wristband, like like sweatbands on forearms. I feel like that was definitely a when you're like young that. and you go to a concert, what you wear, the statement everything. wise is fucking everything. It is so important and something that we don't talk about a lot because like you can't wear the band's shirt that you're going to see. You have to pick something that makes a statement like a shady 45 shirt. So I respect the shit out of that. I respect that too. God damn. Uh, so do we have a winner for this week? Who do we, who do we think was the best voicemail? My, my vote either goes to ACDC or Drake. I think Drake goes, is pretty Mine goes to ACDC, man. ACDC, the way he ACDC for it. sure. Yeah. He's he like really had a vendetta. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ar- he's he's feel the, the hatred like in your plums. Yeah. 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 yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah, yeah, yeah. In my plums. Nice bluish hue. So now we have to think of a topic for next week. So we'll get into that and we'll, we'll blast that out tomorrow. But I think this was a smashing. But anybody who's won. listening, feel free to pepper us with, uh, with, with uh, voicemail topic ideas, you know? Mm. I, I like yeah, the reaction yeah. we got this week. I like that a lot. Um, all right. So that's going to wrap it up before we go into our pick of the week. I just want to say, Fish, thank you very much for being here. Mike Vishkin's the man. Love uh, you, Fish. Thank you guys for having me. Fish, what do yeah, you got going you, on? Fish. Is there anything? Plug or promote? Um, every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Adobe Radio, Gone Fishkin is live. So tune in. I could tell you who's going to be on, but to be completely honest, I don't know until they show up. Did there you know that Fish Fish's show has his own billboard in L.A.? What? Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Congratulations Thank on you. that, Fishy. We got a billboard, God damn. boy. God damn. What are we talking about here? Holy and shit. It was- we- it was really cool too because the water parks album release event on saturday that i was lucky enough to dj with them um the billboard was literally across the street from where the event was coincidentally enough and i'm like man this is cool as shit right now just life is funny man life is funny just it's funny for sure 
Uh, so we're going to go into our pick of the week, which is Denim. Awesome fucking guy. Great interview. Stick around for it. Next week, I guess we'll drop this. We have Nick Wold from the band Dreamers. Unbelievable interview. We get into so aliens. Good. We get into fucking spiritual mediums. That was a wild-ass interview we're going to get that into. That was awesome. A great guy. And then we have a bunch of interviews next week. This is like our little stretch run of big names coming back through. So fucking... Tune on the in. guest list to the goddamn moon. Let's go, boys. Uh, anything else you two idiots want to say? <laughs> Nickelback's not that bad. I fucking hate Dave Williams now. <laughs> That's fine. So now I, I love Nickelback. Actually, we got no, a new feud going on, you fucking loser. That's awesome. I like it. They're not the worst <laughs> band of all time. They're like I've never heard a worse band in my life. Maybe Greta Van Fleet, but they're kind see, of like you're a lemmy. You're no, a lemmy. See, but there's one argument I will make. <laughs> this is my childhood coming back. The song from Spider-Man 1 with Saliva and Nickelback, Hero, Slapper. Absolute Slapper. It's Can like he... I'd rather I'd rather go to an Evanescence listening party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why does, why does Amy Lee got to get caught with the fucking stray shot, bro? Yeah, I like Ew. that. Ew. We got to shout out Hodges, too. He's killing it right now. You guys got to stop listening to Octane Radio, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All I right, only fuck. listen to Adobe Radio. Uh, I brush my it's, teeth to that shit. That's it's all my, we listen to. My parents' to, bro. favorite station. Bro, that's I was it. conceived to Adobe Radio, bro. I don't even exactly. know anything. Dog, you know what I mean? Yeah, all yeah. right. That's how we end it. So uh, I got to <laughs> say, now that uh, Kenny had dogs on his guest list today, my dog has really learned the art of timing when to when we're like done with the show. He just heard that we were wrapping up. He's Ace. Oh, what's, what's up, up Ace? Oh, what up, Ace? Oh, what Look at Fishy. We got Biggie here, too. He was doing the same. He was scratching <laughs> my Biggie? leg. He wants to say what up to Ace. What up, Biggie, Biggie? Biggie, the oh, ironically okay. small dog. He's a good guy. Oh, my God. Oh, good boy. Good dog. Jesus. All right, so we're going into our pick of the week with Denim. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our pick of the week this week is a singer, songwriter, and producer from Southern California who just recently released his debut album, Slum Beach Denny, on May 14th. We have Denim in the building. How we doing, brother? What's up? I'm good, man. Just stoked to be here. Bro, you have the most Cali vibe I've ever seen in my entire life. Of all time. (laughs) Hi. Well, that's what happens, bro. Sixth generation SoCal, man. You can't fake that. Jesus. No, you can't. We've had a few guys come on the show, and they've been able to pick out where we're from. Like, okay. at the snap of a finger, you got any guesses where we're from? Philly? That's an easy one. I got the hat on, and I didn't even get into the accent yet, so there you go. All right, go with this guy then. Mm, I want to say Minneapolis. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're in the Midwest. I'm Midwest? Chicago. I was I was gonna say Midwest, and then the city rolled off. You know, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to be. It's, it's weird you went with Minneapolis before you know the capital, of the Midwest, Chicago. Minneapolis is <laughs> Chicago. Dunk. You're right. My bad. No, oh, you're good. You're good, all right, man. Southern Cali is his own world, dude. I'm surprised you even got Philly. I'm proud of you for that one. You know what? I've I, I've got friends from all over the place, and I've I've you know gotten to go to some places that are pretty cool. And I'll, Philly's tight. Chicago's tight. Respect to both of those places. My man. Well, we're talking about friends first off, because before we get into the music, I want to say we have some mutual friends. I know you've been working with the Dirty Heads a lot. Duddy came on our show about three weeks ago. That's our fucking boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you just did Red Rocks with the Expendables, who once again just came on the podcast like a month ago. So we have a lot of mutual friends, bro. The homies. Good dudes, man. All around. By the way, how was Red Rocks? 
honestly just magical like i was just like just smiling i don't even know man i'm just i'm tripping out on all this stuff bro i'm i live I mean, in an apartment still straight up <laughs> like i got kids like i'm just i got to play red rocks for the first time in my life and that was the first time going there like and i got to play yeah. it's like i'm thankful man it was just beautiful i mean dude if you're not tripping out on what's happening to you right now i'd have to check your pulse because you're getting all, <laughs> you're getting all the big playlists uh, you're rocking Red Rocks. You got fucking shows and festivals coming up, bro. How yeah. does this feel coming out of the pandemic? Honestly, not to sound like any weird way, but it just feels right. It just mm. feels like, yeah, like a lot of hard work is meeting, like like the preparation is meeting opportunity, and it's just like, yeah, like I'm here for it. You know, like, <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, get, get like, because when you get that call that you're, you're, you just got the big playlist and you get the call that you're going to Red Rocks and you're right. talking, I, I appreciate right off the top just being like, I have kids, I got people to support, I got the like, yeah. fucking hard work coming to a head and hitting and actually working is a fucking magical thing, bro. Yeah, it is. It's just like getting anything, bro, is just like the last kind of like, I don't know the whole last four months have just been like, like, like I've been telling myself, this is what's coming mm. been manifesting this. I've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's like, so the way my wife put it, you know, like it, I'll relay some information to her, right? Like, yo, this Allison girl at Spotify, she's like the queen of alternative, like beautiful stuff. Right. And so she like, will DM me stuff like, Oh, like before the album was out, like she's like, I listened to the record, I love it. And I'm like telling my wife, I'm like, this is wild. Like, I don't know what's gonna come from this, but like, this is wild. And she's like, her response is like, I'm not surprised, I'm just thankful. Oh, I'm just that's like, right. Beautiful. Like, that is beautiful. That's wholesome. Like, yeah, like I'm just really thankful. And, but to me, it is kind of surprising because like it is just crazy. Like, whirlwind, <laughs> right? I've been I mean, doing music for a long time, bro. A lot of people see it as overnight, but dude, I put out my first record a decade ago. It's like a little grom, dude. Just whoa. hustling. I've been doing it. You see, know, like, you're cut from our cloth, dude. You really are. Like, cause going into this, like I, I know your music and I know your connections and I know your boys, but I didn't know you that well. Automatically right. off the top. I think I'm in love, dude. I think this is a fucking friendship off the top, bro. This is sick. <laughs> We, we talk constantly about the journey. And so part of this podcast, yeah. is that, uh, it's me and then Kenny Carkeet from the band AWOL Nation. We're teaching Dave how to be a fucking rock star. And we're teaching him about the journey. And we're yeah. teaching him about what this shit is really like. And for you to come on and share like that right off the rip gives Dave a little bit more insight into like how, what it takes to become a fucking musician. Yeah, it's a fucking grind, man. Dude, it is, man. For me, it's like, I'm just thankful that like, man, the – the, where I grew up and the sounds I grew up with, like that just comes out of me naturally. So like, I'm not like necessarily coming in trying to like be something like, like, cause my come up was just music, right? Just like the LA songwriting, like going to sessions, producing, mm -hmm. like just hustling for years. And just, I lived in up in Isla Vista for a long time. I was driving like two and a half hours each way just to go to LA, just to like go to these, just, in an 87 Volvo, bro, like, just sleeping in my car in LA, like, going to sessions while having a kid, like, trying to be, like, a successful musician. It's just, 
get out of here, overnight success. You know what I mean? Like That overnight shit does not exist unless you're pulling some serious strings or you're selling your soul. It doesn't okay. happen if like you, that. If you have, like, the greatest team around you that are literally going to teach you everything, like, that's the only way I see it. You know, overnight success is exactly that. It's just one night. But would, then, you even, but would you even appreciate it? If it was overnight, do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like I thought, so I, I trip out on this, right? Like how I said, like I've been doing it for a while. Like that whole time I thought I was ready. Like you Mm -hmm. have to, I think you have to be a little delusional probably to like, to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, no, you're not bro. Like, (laughs) Like just thinking you could be in a band and like, people would listen to you know what i mean like you you're delusional like being a painter and thinking like people are going to show up to your art gallery like mm-hmm. that'd be a little crazy but like sometimes people are into that and they're like i'll show up because that guy's crazy you yep. know 100 like, percent. well dude dave worship barstool sports all of you guys are fucking crazy you all jumped on this fucking pirate <laughs> ship and then all of a sudden it works did you ever expect to be talking about chicago sports for a living Absolutely fucking not. Like they, they started paying me 250 bucks a month in 2015. And I was like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. That covers my utilities, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm, like I'll absolutely. <laughs> now I got like health insurance and shit, you know? Yeah. So no, I didn't think that I was ever going to get to this point. No. No grind. Yeah. Slow grind, baby. Stacking on top of each other. Well, Bro, for real. Let's go into talking about the album because I listened to it. I fucking loved it. And the one thing that hit me right away, and I mean, I think this is kind of a trademark of yours too, is the fact that it's all genreless. You're not working in one specific thing. You're doing a lot of things. And the yeah. song we're going to play at the end of the episode is Life's Too Short, which was the uh-huh. first song that I got introduced to, and I fell in love with it. And I'm just going to run off a couple of things I thought off the top of my head. Sick. That initial vocal part and the initial guitar coming in reminded me a lot of KG Elephant. Sick. When- so it reminded me of KG Elephant, and then the fucking program drums come in, and it's like, okay, this is not KG Elephant at all. Like, it's hip-hop now. Exactly. And then you hear the Southern Cali in there as well. Great choruses. You go in a little bit of a hip-hop flow. You're fucking all over the place, dude. Is yeah. it important to you to be genreless? Man, to me, it's just about, like, I think there's – I'm just a music head, right? Like, mm. I just love music. Like, I could geek out on, like, with most people on most genres, you know, mm. like – just like I just absorb it. I love it, you know? And so for me, it's just like, who cares? Like a genre, fuck a mm-hmm. genre, you know? Like just be. I you. love that. And just like for me, like it's hard to pick a genre because like I love so many. So it's just like it just came out as what it was. And I think like the reggae and the alternative and the hip hop and all that, like, is able to blend together really well i think specifically just because of like where i'm from you know and like that's just a lot of the stuff that blends here culturally you know and so it's like the same way that you look at like you know i said this in a previous interview but like same way you could see an artist from new york right and it's like that's real like respect you know it's like and it's beautiful and you can't fake it right it's like it's a whole different thing but i think it's a another thing was like yo that dude's representing where he's from like he sound, he's rep, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just like the record just feels like SoCal, you know? It's I like, could I have that literally written in my <laughs> fucking notes, bro. Yeah, bro? In my notes. Well, I will say this too. You're talking to two people that care very deeply about where they're from. We've had, we've covered right. this on the podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. Dave covers Chicago sports. I refuse to move out of Philadelphia and I do not give a I love fuck. That. 
we we spend a I'm lot the of time. Same in, way, bro, I'm the you same know what I'm way. saying? Like, I know so many people are like, you know, I'm gonna go here. I'm like, get out, bro. Go. Bounce, dude. Like, we, only real ones can make it in the West. <laughs> dude, <laughs> that's how and, I feel. And that's how know? I feel about Philly. And that's how bro. you boys feel about your town. Exactly. Dude. <laughs> bro, I'm not lying. I, I I fucking love this. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing I do want to go over because one of your bigger inspirations is Dave Sawyer Band of all time, and you obviously have a thing for Sublime because you cover Bad Fish on the fucking record. Dave, yeah. go ahead and nerd out real quick. Yeah, well, I mean, so we we've obviously talked to Duddy B and and a few different people about this. Like, I haven't asked this specific question to any of those guys, but what is it about Sublime and Brad Null and Bud Gaw and Eric Wilson, those guys, that like, like they they like obviously Brad Knoll's been dead for uh, 25 years now. Like, why is he such a fixture in the, in the music culture in Southern California? Like, what is it? I, Cause I love his fucking music. Yeah. I love it. And I it think, seems like, like you guys all cover his music. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was a pioneer like, at Honcho. I think it came down to like, he was the archetype of tapping into the culture of for like, sure. like, looking around mm. and just being like this is what i see this is what i hear and like it's not, you know what i mean it was like and he took that trip that he took as a as a grom right he like got to go down and like hear reggae music and like yeah he, down he in the caribbean like, or whatever so then coming yeah. back and then there's like you know long beach is heavy bro and there's like mm. a lot of drugs there and like it's just like a very aggressive culture and like it's the same way in san diego same it's a lot of places are like that. Right. And so it's like, I think he just was able to take this like blender of cultures that like you're just walking around in and like, it was just party music and it felt good and it didn't, there was no BS about it. It was like, yo, we're just here to feel like, we're just here to party. Let's just party. Like, this mm-hmm. is just like, you never looked at Brad. What it is, you never it, looked like, at Brad Knoll and thought this guy's faking it. No, no, no. He's walking around with his belly out. He's got his dog on stage. He's playing fucking strats and Ibanez's just with the strings hanging off. Yeah. Never looked at him and thought, this guy's trying too hard. You mentioned the strings. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And I mean, yo, talking from as a kid from Philly, like the fact that I resonated with that. And I yeah. had nothing to fucking do with that. I've, ne- right. I've never, I've never even been to Los Angeles. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So yeah. at a certain point, like, you got to look at it and say, like, yo. <laughs> I've never there's... even been. No, nah, that's a lie, dude. Because we were... <laughs> Kenny lives in L.A., our other co-host. And we keep yeah. talking about it. And Dave keeps going. I've been to L.A., but I never left the airport. <laughs> yeah, I've been, in, I've been in LAX for a layover. And I, like, walked. This was, this was in January. Yeah. I walked around looking for food, but the, all the airport food was shut down because of fucking COVID. So yeah, I Dave, like Dave I walked around. Back. I'm like, this like, place LA sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Dave came back and was like, sub, bro. I was fucking in LA for like 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's go over one more thing about the record too. So listening uh, to it and reading the notes, you produced it. You did all the yeah. production. So I, I would say I co-produced it. I produced it all, but there are some great collaborators that I worked mm-hmm. with. I can't say that I like did it all by myself. You know, there was some amazing team effort, but I was definitely producing. Well, I want to go through that because, and by the way, shouts out to everybody else who worked on the record. Shout out, Rock Mafia, mm. Danny Parra, the homies, Fuck yeah. Steve Hammonds. See, I love when people okay. throw people's actual names in there. I love that. So what I wanted to say, though, was we, I've talked about this regularly that I do not understand how songwriters can also be producers because I really do feel like it's a different part of your brain. You have to use this technical side with your yeah. computers and all that shit. 
have you always been interested interested in production or is this something that you picked up along the way it was it was definitely something that i picked up because my first thing was just an acoustic guitar i had mm-hmm. like a little hundred dollar alvarez and you just couldn't pry it out of my hands that was it but i remember the first time i was in a studio i was 16 and they like put on headphones and I was like going to record it. And I was like, oh, dude, this is so sick. <laughs> and like, there's a metronome, right? A click. And I had never, ever tracked to anything like that. And I was like, excuse me, the thing in my ear <laughs> keeps getting off. And they're like, no, bro. Like you get off. Like, your you're that, supposed to follow that. That yeah. thing's perfect. <laughs> you can't fuck that up. So that and led you to be like, I need to learn what the fuck like, is going on. Let that be your, you know, explanation as to like how much I had to learn. Right. Like I couldn't even play to a click track and let alone even knew what it was. Didn't even, you know, had never even played piano, drums, bass, you know, I was just playing acoustic. And then all of a sudden, this whole world just opened up and I just like, I realized how bad I was Mm. and I hated it. I hated being like, I felt like naked, just Mm -hmm. like, wow, I don't like this feeling, you know? And so (laughs) I just like hibernated and just became a, like a, I started geeking out and just learning. I just learned in tones and sounds and frequencies. And to me, like my, my old man was a painter and like, he, he dipped when I was a kid, but as a little kid, I remember he would paint late at night. And like the way I see production is like painting, right? It's like, there's a whole blank canvas and like, you got a little, you got a song, right? That could be like an outline, you're like sick, that's dope. And then all of a sudden you're like, how do we bring this whole thing to life? Right? Like there's sound. And sometimes it is just the bare bones, like piano and vocal. That's like, boom, that's your money right there. But like, and then sometimes it's like, the drum beat that you're like, Ooh, that's the hook. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's just random stuff that it can change every song. Right. It's just like, it's, be- it's art, bro. It's just like endless. It's like sound is your paint, you know, and you can Fuck just, yeah. whatever you want to do. That was an do awesome it. fucking analogy right yeah, there. God damn. <laughs> well, yo, so here's a question I do have for you though. Cause I, yeah. I, I am a lover of producers. I, yeah. I have a reverence for fucking producers because it's something I can't do mentally. Right. I can, I can sit back and tell you what I want to hear, but I'm not a technical guy to go do it. Oh. Who are producers that you look at and say, that's the kind of career that I want, or that's the kind of guy that makes sounds that I want to. Benny Blanco. I was, dude, I was going to, when you said the piano and the voice, my first thought was Benny Blanco. Yeah. Honestly, dude, like, I want, I just do, I want it. I want to be Pharrell, dude. I want to, I want, I want to like produce half of the music in the world. Like I want to level up and just keep going. Like I want the sounds. Yeah, dude, just to get to work with dope people. That sounds cool. Like I don't necessarily like being the guy, whatever. That's cool. Like making money. That's, I just like, to me, like there's that little kid in me that I'm like, could you imagine working with this dude? Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm just excited getting to like, meet people and be like and figure out who's real and who's who you're gonna vibe with and like you know what i mean and like bro what was like benny blanco he just seems like he's funny he doesn't care he hangs out with maddie matheson who's also one of my favorite oh no shit you know just like like, these dudes are probably the homies (laughs) what's your biggest what the fuck moment like a moment where you were in a studio with somebody or you were on stage where you were just sitting there like yo i cannot fucking believe this is happening to me right now Man, 
there's been a, a handful of those, but I think a big one was like so weird, but like I, I played a show, <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I played a show in Hollywood like years ago in my old band. I was at the Roxy, sold out shows, sick. Woo! My agent was at CAA. His homie was like roommates with Harry Styles or something, right? And it's like their birthday in the hills. And he's like, yo, we're going to stop at my boy's house on the way home. And I was like, sick, sick, sick. And I'm just like, nobody, nobody, nobody. Like brand new to all of this. And I'm just like, walk inside. It's like fucking Harry Styles and Lizzie McGuire and like all these people. And I was like, what is he here? Like, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> Literally, this is what happened. I, I go to take a picture of, what's her real name? Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> To send my girl, I'm like, yo, Lizzie McGuire, like, this is crazy. <laughs> Just geeking out. And the flash goes off, bro. Oh, literally, no. Literally. No. Her, two, her two friends, right? Are just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the? Like, take my phone out of my hand, delete the picture. Like, don't you ever do that again? I was like, oh, oh. No. oh. <laughs> so that, fucking that's my biggest moment no. right there. <laughs> First off, that's a fucking spectacular answer, bro. Oh, man. That's one of the worst. Everybody's done it, too. It's like when you're shit-talking your sister, you accidentally send it to your sister instead of your brother. Oh, that's the shittiest thing ever. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. I've done that to my – oh, I've been in a group text with my mom, too, and other people, and, like, really been like, yo, sorry, my mom's freaking nuts. She's like, right here. Yo, nothing's but, worse though when you're like in your band group chat, right? Yeah. And somebody says something and you mean to text like the other guys in the band individually or in another right. group, like, yo, this kid's a fucking moron. You send it to the main group and they're like, all right, dude, you want to come see me, dude? We'll fucking yeah. throw our hands. Yeah, no, for sure. You are though. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but for real though, let's, let's fucking uh, throw our hands. I didn't want to tell you that way, but you should know. Should yeah. Know. Well, yo, here's the thing too. I want to bring up. So we're we're doing a we're doing a video series along with the podcast, right? Yeah. We're, we are turning Dave into a fucking rock star. I love that. And uh, one thing I want to do with you specifically. <laughs> one thing I want to do with you specifically when we get out to LA, I want to get in the fucking studio and work on a song together. And I want I want Dave. That's how it, that's how we're gonna do this. We're gonna make a hit. Yes. Fuck yeah, we are. Yo, yeah, girl, baby. Yo, top to bottom. We'll give fucking three hours. It would be us three yep. and Kenny. Easy. Top to bottom. And Dave gets a writing credit. Fucking legitimately, yep. it's Dave's first song we'll put out, and that's how we'll do it, yo. I love yes. that shit. God damn, that's dude. so tight. Bro, I'm really happy with how this went. You're a fucking cool-ass dude, so I just want to put that out there. Before we get out of <laughs> here, let, let's talk about the record real quick. Slum Beach Denny. Uh, the specific song we're going to play at the end of the episode is Life's Too Short. Let's go yeah. through the song. When did you cut it? How'd you cut it? Where were you? What's it about? Go through everything. Cool. So, man, that was the first song I wrote on the whole album, actually. Like, literally, the very first one. And the ooze in the beginning is actually my four-year-old son <laughs> doing the. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, shit. And then, so it was like, I was in the garage at, at uh, my in-law's garage. We didn't have a house at the time. And I was a laptop on like literally like a plastic folded table in the garage and I got my kid to sing the ooze made the demo showed it to some people and they're like that was kind of that was rock mafia the people who co-produced the whole record and they're like yeah bro you should cut this like get it they have like a nicer 
studio, so I was able to like sing my vocals there. But my the oohs in the beginning are straight up like on the hundred dollar mic in the garage. My little four year old boy, give that kid a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a writing credit, dude? Did you give him some credit? Uh, no, I technically wrote the melody, so we'll get a performing um, credit. <laughs> yeah, he gets the back end somehow. Ah, uh, just kidding. No, man, I just, so it's, yeah, so Life's Too Short is just about, like, literally, like, a mantra, like, a PMA, positive mental attitude, just trying to, like, keep your head above water when you can't figure it all out, you know, like, just one of those songs that's, like, sometimes you just got to meditate on to like get rid of the bs and hell yeah lost in the sauce you know bro no lie i don't think there's a more appropriate idea for a song with what all the musicians have been going through for the past year than this fucking idea bro it's been fucking crazy and i mean going through it how long ago did you cut this four years wow yeah holy fuck man this really has been a journey but i would say the song wasn't done four years ago Mm that's what's crazy it's grown it's like changed it's gone through like five different versions that's but beautiful like, though but i wrote it in 2017 you know did you have to have somebody rip the final fucking master out of your hands or would you have just kept tweaking it or were you like no nah, we're, we're good now i so like the outro mm-hmm. of it you know how it like kind of flips yep. and it goes into more like the introspective like once i did that i was like we're good that's but before cool. that, I wasn't good. I was like, it's not, it's a good song. I know it's a good song. Like, cool, whatever. Like, people are like, it's fine, it's done, it's good. I'm like, sure. I'm not 100% <laughs> behind it. And it was the first song on the record. And it was also, interestingly enough, the last song that I finished, like, producing. Wow. Like, the very last one. So it was your baby. Yeah. It's like this weird, like, it's the alpha and the omega of the record or something. It was like <laughs> the outro, I think, was a big part, though, because it took on a whole, like, a different emotional standpoint than it did before, where before it was like, yay, all happy-go-lucky. But then it's like you're able to sit in it in more of, like, that emotional standpoint of, like, why is life too short? And mm. just, like, you just think about it and all those things you're thankful for and stuff, you know? I like the fact that there was a lot of thought put behind the song itself and a lot of effort and a lot of blood, a lot of sweat and a lot of tears. So yeah. that to me, maybe that's why it resonated with me so much. I could tell the, the time and the man hours put into that shit. It's a fucking great song. This album's outstanding, dude. And honestly, cool ass dude. Yo, you're fuck. He, yo, Ken, Dave, you know what he is, dude? He was definitely a Cali teen. Oh yeah. 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 We've had a lot of conversations with people on this podcast about a uh, California Cali teen. I mean, I, w- I was that, but yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, just the fact that California teenagers are instantly cooler than everybody else. And therefore yes. just fucking intimidating as shit. That's not true though. I've met oh, a lot yeah, it of is. Yes, it is. You, you don't even know. speak to that. You're not there's a lot. There's a lot of whack Cali teens. Facts. Facts. But I'm talking <laughs> about, well, there's a, who were we talking this about? Uh, oh, Pacific. Pacific Dub yeah, so was, was the Pacific band we were Dub. talking to these guys about. And I was like, yeah. and he was like, dude, they don't even like beat you up. They just fucking pick your biggest insecurity and make fun of you for it. They're just like, yeah, dude, you're fucking old as shit. Get out of my face. <laughs> it's like, damn, dude, fuck, I wish you would have just beat my ass. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather that. They beat you up, that's for sure. See, and I respect that. I'm from Philly. I'd rather you fucking throw hands. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, right? bro. It's all good. Dude, Denim, this has been an absolute pleasure, bro. Is there anything else you want to say before you get out of here? 
just thankful to be here, listen to the record. And I can't wait to come to Philly and Chicago. Showtime, party we'll, time. Bro, we'll come see you out now. boys. That's what's up. Hell yeah, bro. Shout out just getting to meet in person. You know what I'm saying? Boom, boom. Yo, boom, you want to hear something boom. crazy? Me and Dave have done 17 episodes of this podcast together. I've never met each other in person. That's true. Wow, that's crazy. I God, can't wait to see this. Half goddamn quarantine, bro. It's fucked up that this is what it's come to. Because I talked to Colin more than I talked to, like, anybody in my life at this point. <laughs> and we haven't even met in person. It's Dude. this fucking uh, pandemic, man. Yo, so what would you, yo, what would you do if you met me and I was just missing, like, a leg? <laughs> I mean, you might, you might be. You might be. What if it was all just a bit? What if yo, it was all just a bit? Like the Truman like, Show or whatever. <laughs> yo, my God. This is crazy. All right, like, yo. Oh, man. <laughs> we're going to let you get out of here, brother. Right. Yo, we're going to have you back on, too. This is a good time, so we're going to have you back on, too, yeah, right? Uh, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to get it in when we get to hang in person in the studio. Fuck yeah. Man. Bro, Slum Beach Denny, out now. Go check it out. Our pick of the week is Life's Too Short. Let's go into the song. Show.
Shout, life's too short. Let's go.